Q&A Holes Podcast presents The Sea Report for Sunday, February 28th, 2021. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Sunday. Welcome to a special Sunday edition of The Sea Report here at Q&A Holes Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great afternoon. I do believe we're live. I'm not going to check on Twitch. I'm just going to trust that we're live. But um, yeah, we're here live because, of course, we have uh, the final day of CPAC. And we have President Donald Trump slated to give a speech in about 15 minutes or so. So we thought, hey, why not have this? uh, I mean, because it's important to hear what President Donald Trump said. Why not have it live on air? And, you know, we'll kind of just hear what he has to say if there's any evidence by what his son, uh, Donald Jr., spoke about. I mean, we already know he's going to go into, uh, you know, the first, what, month of Biden's uh, illegitimate presidency but who knows you know you never know you never know with mr trump but uh we'll see with president trump but we'll see what happens we will see what happens but in the meantime i think right now what they have going on at cpac um i believe uh let's see jim jordan is currently speaking at cpac um we're not going to cover that now we'll probably have some clips from the weekend on tomorrow's show uh because we had a what representative uh I think Leonard speaking as well uh, as Marjorie Taylor Greene and maybe Marsha Blackburn. I'm not sure if she had spoken, but um, last I looked into Marsha, everything checked off on her. But hopefully, hopefully that remains the same because I know she had come under. She was uh, speaking on uh, big tech. I mean, that was that was like one of the main themes, you know, among censorship. Right. um, Right now, before Representative Jordan, they had this panel that I thought was kind of going nowhere. I mean, they were they were um, waxing poetically uh, songs of um, I don't know a fresh prince of Bel Air, uh, and if you've seen the video, you've seen the, the 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 pedophile imagery in the music video for the show. Uh, you've heard the rumors about Will Smith being a black hat who probably or purportedly takes place in some of those. Uh, some of those rituals, whether they're the artistic gatherings of bodies on tables to symbolize uh, eating the cadaver, the flesh, or cannibalism, I guess. I don't know. There's photos of these things that these people attend. And uh, Maria, Maria, Maria Abramovich uh, hosting some of them. If any of you guys know who that woman is. Now, that's a story for another time. We're not here to talk about speculative news. But interestingly enough, uh, it, it stays in the news regardless, you know, I think it was someone, um, I don't know, th- there's a lot of, uh, like, for example, if you, uh, if you follow Q&A Holes, uh, podcast, um, Discord, uh, the community that we have Discord, it's a small family, but, um, the wealth of information there is amazing, like, um, one of the trails that we tend to follow at Q&A Holes podcast, and I think it's one of the reasons why we might have gotten in trouble at YouTube. Uh, and I mean, we would have gotten in trouble anyways, because I think the podcast really took off when um, everyone, when we started to cover like, you know, the pedophile uh, thing with Hollywood, the pedogate, um, uh, all of those, uh, all of those trails that 
came to the surface when Epstein was arrested uh, because the the whole Epstein thing has been the whole Epstein thing has been something that has been part of that uh, patriot you know independent knowledge base I don't know it's just something that everyone has known about for decades you know like in, in the independent patriot news or the media the realm whatever you want to call it I don't know what you want to call it at this point because because even people who talked you know, ad nauseum about things like this, you know, even people who broke into, you know, um, places like Bohemian Grove, where are they now? You know, who are they now? Um, who, who do they serve now? So, you know, what do you want to call it? I don't know what you want to call it. All I know is that that's what was going on. That's what was transpiring. And, um, and, and we go from there, but uh, th- to that note, there was also a, a news article that I'm not going to, I wasn't, I'm going to include it in the uh, report today, but there was a news article that had something to do uh, with the effect of debunking some rumors that Brad Pitt had talked about human trafficking. So that's all I'm saying, you know, and all of this spun from the CPAC panel that happened right before Jim Jordan, which I thought was totally like, okay, this is where CPAC wants to go. Like they made it a racial thing. And I was like, okay, I guess like I'm a gay Latino and I know I've said it probably so many times that people are like, eh, like we get it, but you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's still just the experience that I've, I've had. Um, oh man. I mean, it's been interesting, but, um, uh, with that in mind, I just don't, I didn't see the need for it. You know, I didn't see, like, I, I felt like, uh, one of the speakers had said something to the effect that the last four years, uh, the black people were underrepresented or we, they were failed. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I just tuned in too late into her discourse. Uh, but that's where I tuned in and I was like, oh, I was like, well, I mean, even for Hispanic, Asian women, other minorities, um, if you want to consider yourself a minority, because I know like Spanish speakers are among like the majority of the world. Um, what do you call it? Uh, well, in that case, um, you know, uh, I didn't see how it, it could be that, uh, it was the same for the black communities as well. I mean, a lot of them were lifted up. What we did see was the polarity the opposite end of it, the violence of it, that I think was something that was more apparent. And and maybe to that end, that's, that's why it surfaces or it stands out more than like, per se, like, you know, the Samoan culture who probably prospered under, under Trump as did the Hispanic or Latino culture that prospered under Trump as did women as did the elderly, you know, stuff like that. Anyways, I don't know. So anyways, so let's get into a little bit of news. We got about, yeah, just under 10 minutes before we get to President Trump's speech. I'll be checking back and forth periodically. But in the meantime, how about some entertaining news? Okay, so apparently Joe Biden actually comes to Texas. If you recall that that was the headline on Friday, Joe Biden's coming to Texas. I was like, you should probably stay away from Texas. Well, you could guarantee that if Joe Biden was going to come to Texas. Oh, and hold on. Let me, uh, let me check some things here real quick before I get lost into my own thoughts. If Joe Biden was going to come to Texas, right? If Joe Biden was going to come to Texas, he was going to um, surely go to a safe zone. So uh, he can't come to Austin in spite of the fact that it's a liberal capital. And, and the reason why I say that is because it is 
heavily surrounded by red. Like, there's like that much blue and everything else is red. Which I was actually quite surprised because it includes parts of Austin proper. You know, within the city limits that are Republican, you know, and it's very little red, I mean, very little blue up in the capital of Texas because basically from the capital of Texas, you take the I 35 straight down to San Antonio, and just, just that line is blue. Just that line is blue, is gerrymandered. And um, then there's San Antonio. And then from San Antonio, it gets bluer, you know, but there's still some red in San Antonio. Like there is a, uh, there is a, (laughs) there's like a block about a mile away from me that is Republican. And then the rest is, uh, the rest is Democrat. But, uh, that, and you know, the funny thing about it is, is that, that, that line from Austin to San Antonio, just down I-35, that one line, and then it gets blue in San Antonio is, is one district. It includes the city of Austin proper, the city of San Marcos, the uh, townships of Kyle and Buda, and these are big city centers. Like, these are places I've lived and worked, you know? And, like, they're not small, but they're all along 35. And then you got New Braunfels, and there's some blue, there's some red in there. But if you go all the way down 35, it's blue. And that's one district. It's District 25. That belongs to uh, Lloyd Doggett, or is it 22? 22 or 25. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I, it's not, tw- it's, I think it's like 35. It's Lloyd Doggett, okay, Lloyd Doggett. He's been there for like a decade or something like that. So, um, and and he's got like, you know, heavy endorsers from like big money, big pharma, uh, big military, like like him, he's one that works and stuff like that. And then like uh, Joaquin Castro, the impeachment panty boy that needs to come home. Well, Joaquin Castro, he's in District 20 and... Uh, it's a small gerrymandered district and um he yeah he needs to come home he needs he needs to stop having them popper parties parties up in washington dc and he just needs to get his butt home he is embarrassed san antonio and the world uh in front of the world and america as well as well as has done some i mean that's perjury he should be don't come home joaquin go to jail that's where you belong because you lied to the american people when you doctored that freaking evidence against President Trump. Okay, so let's get to the news. Okay, so we were... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Five minutes. I'm going to do one new story. Okay, this is going to be the opener for President Trump at CPAC. (laughs) You're going to love it. Okay, so what was I saying? This is why I start talking about Texas. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk about the districts and all that stuff. Houston. Biden goes to Texas and he lands in Houston. His, you know why? Because he knows Representative Sheila Jackson Lee from them pedo parties they have. Because she wears them boy, boy lover jewelries. You know, go go look at the blog at uh, uh, podcast.com And um, so Joe Biden comes to Texas. He comes to Sheila Jackson Lee City. She comes. He comes to. Uh, he comes to Houston. Because I was like, don't come any... That's why he said he can't come to Austin. It's surrounded in red, just that one strip of is blue. It's surrounded in red. One strip is blue. That's why I was talking about that. So, anyways, um, he goes to Houston. (laughs) And there's video! Okay, he's like, I'm coming out of my... He's like, I'm coming out of my basement. (laughs) 
I'm gonna take off my pajamas. I'm gonna have Obama right here in my eardrum, like right here. He's gonna be telling me what to say. <laughs> Maybe he forgot Obama. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's why this is the perfect piece to open for Trump because he forgot Obama at home and he calls Sheila Jackson Lee Shirley. <laughs> okay, screw it. Let's get to the video. Hold on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, here it comes. Uh, I think he's getting on the plane. He told me a little last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us. And Jill and I wanted to visit Texas today for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the power of Texas. The eyes of Texas are on you, Joe. Let me tell you what. He's like, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track. <laughs> Oh, that's some great stuff. That is some great... Thank you. That is the one thing I said. I was like, look. Understand, this is the coup of the United States of America. And it's more serious than anything in the world. And it's being handled behind the scenes. But we would get some of the best comic, political, humor, garbage from Joe Biden. <laughs> All right, I'm just checking to see what's going on in CPAC. <coughs> uh, CPAC's straw poll results in for 2024 presidential race. Now, let me tell you something, folks. There was something that I was extremely, extremely... Um, my, my, my whole thought was this. If the coup of Joe Biden, the illegitimate president of the United States, is successful... And Trump, whatever, just, you know, fades off into the sunset that there was going to be no 2024 election. There was going to be no 2022 midterm. Like, it's not going to happen because they've rigged the elections. The people believe them. They have control. The zeitgeist is just, it's got everybody except for the one third of the country that voted for Trump or whatever that is awake, you know? Um, but then again, only 3% make a revolution. So we may be okay, but think about this. If Joe, nobody layman, Mr. C here on the C report can see these things. Obviously they've already taken care of it because I've heard shit from Pardon me. I've heard stuff from people who've heard stuff from people who've heard stuff from people, you know, through the whole the news aggregate, whether it's through, you know, news analysis or listening to people who have insider information or who have, you know, uh, whistleblower information like all of that in the aggregate sums up to this. That if people like us can know and understand the mechanics of what's happening um, it's probably being taken care of on a level that we're not supposed to know until it happens. So if in the game plan, 
President Trump and the military knew that um, he would have to lose the election in order to shine the light on the uh, destruction and, and the it's just the nonsensical movements that the deep state through their proxy government or their proxy rulers you know the biden administration if 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 they were able to do that you know like it would shine the light on all of that whilst behind the scenes i mean they already surveilled everything pre-crime and they watched it happen all the way through and that's why i'm saying like when they're talking about and sorry i'm not getting off track but when they're talking about the caliburn uh the caliburn um the caliburn uh, business uh, uh that um michael hayden was running general retired uh in florida for the sheltered children when trump was trying to send contracts to them for that i believe that was because he was trying to observe the operations of a possible now this is just on the gut feeling so don't take this on my word although there are reports of sexual abuse in those shelters there are on file reports you know but um he was trying to observe the operations of a possible child or a possible human trafficking scheme just my thoughts you know caliburn michael hayden look it up um uh, most of that came to my attention from the film shadowgate which shined the light on the mechanics of some of the military industrial complex and how it works by specifically telling you some of the jobs and the assignments that they did and the money that they received and where you could find it like on government spending.gov or something like that um Anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, we are still waiting on President Donald Trump to make his appearance at CPAC on Florida. And uh, so um, we'll be broadcasting it on the Sea Report via OAN, One American News Network. Um, and uh, they said that they will be broadcasting the entire speech and they'll be broadcasting its entirety because I was looking for places for us to share it with y'all because I think it's important that we listen to the words of President Donald Trump right now more than ever because um, after all he, I mean it was a shoe in that he was going to beat this impeachment thing like I said Joaquin Castro get your ass in jail but like um, <clears throat> excuse me Oh, they're, they're talking about Governor Cuomo. We were going to talk about Governor Cuomo um, in today's news, but I just, you know, that Biden, like, we can watch that Joe Biden video again if you guys want to. Like, <laughs> that was great. I don't know. I'll figure out the re- I'll give you the rest of the skinny on his visit in Texas, but I wasn't going to go up to Houston. I, yeah, no, that wasn't going to happen. But um, let's see here. What was next up on the news? Oh, oh, oh. It's a it's a story related to Cuomo. Um, was one of the stories that I wanted to share. Uh, let's see. Since they're doing a Cuomo story on OANN, we'll do a Cuomo story on the C Report. But ours will be a little bit different. Oh no, it won't. <laughs> okay, let, let's 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 compare our Cuomo stories. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, wait, because the Cuomo that the Cuomo we have to get, the Cuomo picture I have to show you guys here on the C report is the Cuomo picture with his nipple rings because it's just, it's the funniest. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> oh, Gov Cuomo. Here you go. Here you go. All right. OANN's doing a Cuomo report story. We'll do a Cuomo one too. So, um, okay. Ah, I should have saved the Biden for just before. You know, it's it's okay. It's all good. Andrew Cuomo is facing another accuser who's barely old enough to drink. Okay, so they, okay, so things on top of Cuomo just keep plying and plying and plying. Like when it rains, it snows. When it snows, it snows in Texas. Second, Cuomo aide accuses governor of sexual harassment. Governor allegedly made inappropriate remarks to her. Cuomo does not explicitly deny it. <laughs> what is what is the deal? I mean, I guess he likes the Fraulein's to play with his nipple rings. This comes from Just the News. A second former aide of New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo, has accused the veteran politician of sexual harassment with a bombshell New York Times account, revealing a fresh set of allegations against Democrat executive ones that Cuomo himself has not fully denied. Charlotte Bennett, a former executive assistant and healthy policy advisor for the Cuomo administration, told the newspaper that Cuomo had asked her numerous questions about her personal life, including whether she thought age made a difference in a romantic relationship, and had said that he was open to relationships with women in their 20s. Bennett claimed that Cuomo had at one point also asked her whether she was having sex with other people in recent relationships and had claimed to feel lonely after a recent split with his girlfriend. Oh, Andrew Cuomo. Okay, so that one's not as bad as it could have been. All right. But Andrew, if you're lonely, think about all of those people and all of those families that you sent to their death during your mandate of COVID-19. So um, we're not going to go light on that one with you, buddy. But that's just the way that that's going to be. All right, let's see what we got going on here. All right, so, okay, so we're still good on the uh, President Trump coverage. Let's go ahead and do another story. Yeah, so the things with Cuomo have just gotten spectacular. Like, spectacular. Like, he has come under such fire. And it's funny, like, <clears throat> I don't know if the Dems in New York are doing this to save their butts, but I, I mean, really what I believe it is, is it's the constituency. Because 15,000 people died. And not everybody lives in Manhattan, President Cuomo. Like, there's beautiful northern and southern areas of New York. Like, you have to get outside of that city mentality, I guess. But, um, so, the constituency is what I believe is driving this forward. Because as we presented a few nights ago when they had this hearing outside in City Hall, there were a lot of people. And we're talking about, like, we're talking about, like, Park Avenue Karens here who were um, upset about what had transpired in the government. And then, you know, of course, also those nice Republican women as well. No, just kidding, not Republican, conservative, whatever. Okay, fine, I don't like to label, but okay. So let's see what we got next up on the C report. We'll check one more time. Okay, still nothing on the nothing. All right. Oh God, that was miserable. Let's keep on the trail of the Cuomo thing. How about that? Because we're gonna do this other story on Antifa, but why not just throw some more dump on it? Okay, so pictured here 
is the governor of Wisconsin. And we touched on this a little bit the other night. Um, but here's the deal. We've been saying this ad nauseum. And I love using ad nauseum, ad nauseum. But with the whole Cuomo thing and the mandate for nursing homes uh, to receive or not to deny people who have been in hospitals for COVID, regardless of whether or not they have rehabilitated fully. There are four other states that have followed suit in this regard. Uh, One being New Jersey, but the governor of New Jersey, he legalized weed. So this way people would just forget about that little, oh, all these old people died. The other one, one of the other ones being Michigan. Now in Michigan, they are finally, and especially in the news, starting to take this into account. Michigan Republicans call for investigation into Whitmer nursing homes, Whitmer's nursing home policy. This from the Epic Times. Now, before we get into the meat of it, let's go ahead and get into it. All right. Republican state legislators in Michigan are calling for an investigation over Governor Gretchen Whitmer's role in CCP virus related deaths among nursing homes residents. Whitmer, a Democrat, issued an executive order in April 2020 to designate 21 nursing homes as regional hubs, which were expected to provide care for both seniors recovering from the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, virus, and those who didn't have the virus. Let the record state that even people in America were involved in creating this virus. According to the order, the hubs were chosen based on their capability to house patients who had tested both positive and negative for the virus in properly separated units or buildings. In separate letters sent to Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassell and the U.S. Department of Justice Wednesday, a group of eight Republican lawmakers called for a full investigation into Whitmer's handling of long-term care patients during the pandemic, arguing that her regional hub policy resulted in deaths that could have been avoided. Governor Whitmer's regional hub policy placed patients with and without COVID-19 in the same facilities and may have exacerbated the death toll in those facilities, the letter states, noting that moving residents around the state between facilities and hospitals may have significantly increased exposure of those seniors to the virus. Nah, duh, where'd you park the squad car, Dick Tracy? The lawmakers also highlighted the discrepancies in how CCP virus infections and deaths were reported reported by the nursing homes. They said that when a patient was transferred to a hospital and received a positive test result there, some nursing home facilities added to their numbers while others didn't. They suspected that similar discrepancies might have also occurred in the reporting of deaths after transfer. And that was the key with Cuomo. One of the major things they did with Cuomo is anyone who left the nursing home and then died in a hospital, they didn't report those deaths as having happened, uh, the origin happening in the hospital, I mean, in the nursing home, just to ease off the amount of deaths that we're talking, he reported what, 9,000 and 15,000 died. So there's what? 9,000 to 15, there's like 6,000 people that have their debts misreported. And that's why I say like right now is a very particular time when it comes to the, uh, the debt certificate. When my father passed in March of 2020, right in the heat of this, uh, COVID pandemic, um, 
at the start of it, we ensured that on his death certificate, it did not say COVID-19 because that is not what he passed of. Uh, it looks like right now we have Representative Owen Burgess being talked about on OANN. So Trump is not live yet. Now, they said there would be live coverage of Trump. Now, just to make sure that these guys don't have this, you know, kind of like it's not happening, even though they said it was going to happen. I'm going to check one other source to make sure we're not missing Trump because uh, let me see here. According to my panel, there's nothing going on in the box that says that live now soon. OK, so it does say soon. So you here for folks. So we're still doing good. Thank you, O-A-N-N, for being on the ball. Uh, Let's see what this is about real quick, though. Amid growing concerns over the... No, it's just... uh, Okay, cool. No, it's just a... uh, Let me close this window. It's just a uh, thing on thing, majigger thing. Okay. So, okay. So let's go back to uh, this representative Whitmer person here. So now with uh, Cuomo, as I was saying, he didn't, he, there's 6,000 people whose lives are in limbo. Like the, the cause, the, their, the reason of their death, they say it's at a nursing home, but they were, I mean, a hospital, but it originated in the nursing home with this mandate that he made (coughs) with my father. We made sure that he died of his, because I told him you better check. I told him you better check the record and make sure what it says on the death certificate is accurate according to what he died of because right now they're putting covid on everything and that's what they were doing that's why these numbers also spike so high in some places but the unfortunate thing here is that cuomo's administration and whitmer's administration didn't spike the the numbers on paper they sent people to nursing homes with people who were the primary uh the primary uh recipients of the aggression of this coronavirus flu because it's a flu it's not it's not like a disease a rampant killer disease like captain trips on the stand with the with stephen king's the stand it's a flu okay so it's gonna it's gonna kill a certain amount of people, people with a with a weaker immune system, etc. People have predisposed conditions, certain types of predisposed conditions. Yes, it's a flu. It's a killer flu if you have these conditions. Just like the flu that we have shots for every year that I haven't taken in 10 years at least, if not more, you know, like it's a flu. Calm down, America. You are going to die of bacterial, like, you know, I don't know, bacterial pneumonia in your face from all the crap you're breathing in your mask if you never change or wash. So anyways, let me see if Trump's on before we continue on the story. No, he's not. Okay, so so basically what we're saying here is that governor in New Jersey, uh, Governor Newsom in California, Whitmer here in Washington, Newsom, I mean, I'm sorry, not Newsom, uh, Cuomo and Murphy's the one in New Jersey, Cuomo over New York, they send these people to their death uh, because they send, they they have these mandates, like Cuomo's mandate said that you are not allowed to deny access to people who've been rehabilitating from COVID, even if they don't have, like, you know, um, even if they don't have, like, a a, a confirmed rehabilitation rehabilitation for them like i mean come on like so they're they're not just spiking it on the paper they they literally jeopardize the lives of their own constituency okay back to the article in august 2020 the justice department requested governors of states which had issued covid 19 orders that may have resulted in deaths of elderly nursing home residents namely michigan new jersey new york and pennsylvania and pennsylvania is again in the spotlight but you know what 
they're the Keystone State. You know, they're they're different from us, so I guess they can do whatever they want with their legislative freaking law election rules. All right, okay. So, namely, Michigan, okay, to turn over data on debts in those long-term care facilities. You know what? I say you guys need to get y'all's butts working on your local legislature in Pennsylvania and get these these jokers cleaned out because you guys will be way more effective than someone over here in Texas. Okay. Um, let's see here. Namely, Pennsylvania to turn over data on debts in those long-term care facilities. Whitmer, joined by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, pushed back against those inquiries, arguing that they were but a nakedly partisan defectation, deflection targeting states run by Democrats. And that was his excuse. He was like, yeah, it's because... Uh, looks like they're getting ready for Trump here in just a sec. Uh, they're just like, yeah, you know, like, uh, he's gonna... He's gonna, you know, you know... Uh, uh, blame us because we're because we're Democrat. Anyways, to finish the article, Whitmer says this. The fact that this letter was sent during the middle of the Republican National Convention week to four Democrat governors should make it crystal clear that this is nothing more than election year politics by an administration that is more concerned with the president's re-election campaign than protecting Michigan seniors. Girl, you sent COVID positive patients into the homes of Michigan seniors. What are you talking about politics? Okay, let's go to Trump. Like this woman, oh my goodness she thinks she's all that and a bag of chips in that black leather trench coat and girl it is fabulous but let me tell you what you're not all right okay let's go let's go to trump okay <laughs> sorry for the view the bullhorns they are here to send a message they okay. support donald j trump now a few moments ago congressman from ohio jim this Jordan is gave a rousing speech people um, that one. i prefer then, them to news as they Max, always do every so year we're here, good with this they did the straw poll and they used the uh, washington times editor came out along with the cpac representatives and they put up on the screen maybe you guys saw it at home while we were doing our live coverage of the speeches they showed if Donald J. Trump were to run in 2024, and then they had maybe another, I don't know, 10, 12 names listed. Who would you vote for? And at the top of that list, it was President Donald Trump. Uh, a distant second, but a good showing, was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and rounding that out uh, was Governor Kristi Noem. So kind of interesting, Don Jr. actually I believe was third or fourth on that list. But again, that straw poll is something kind of uh, iconic, and they do every year at CPAC. And again, at the top of that one was Donald A. Trump for the 2024 election. Also, they did kind of a random question, how many approve or disapprove the job that President Trump did over the last four years in his term? And it was a resounding 97% of the crowd at CPAC this year said they approved strongly of the job that President Trump did. So again, we're just awaiting number 45. Again, he was scheduled for 3.40 local time. So we're right on the money now for that. Obviously, like a lot of presidents and politicians, sometimes they're a few minutes late. We know that there are some VIPs back in the green room meeting with the president right now, and then he will come out and give this speech. But I can tell you after being here now for the past three, four days, Andrea, Conservatives are energized. They are ready to go. They were here not only to support President Trump, but they're here to support the America First movement. There was a lot more younger folks here than the last several years from what I was told from recent CPAC goers who've been coming for 10, 15 years. And people really appreciated that it was in Florida instead of back up on the East Coast as well for the weather, but also that the state is open. That was a big, big...
It's getting myself set up. All right, cool. Well, welcome. Welcome back to the C Report with Mr. C. Okay, we're here. We're Okay, so uh, President Donald Trump is slated to take the stage in a few minutes. Excuse me here. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to get up in your face like that. Um, all right, so we can go in with some more news now. This whole thing again, Governor Cuomo and uh, Gretchen, uh, was it uh, Gretchen, uh, what's your face? Uh, <laughs> Whitmer. She will uh, She will eventually be uh, facing her, uh, her, her thing as we see this is uh, an unfolding story over in um uh over in uh washington dc here i'm gonna do this one more time for you guys because i just i love it it's funny uh i think he's getting on a plane he told me a little last he came in to see me last event and representatives uh shirley jackson lee al green sylvia garcia lizzie finelli excuse me finel and uh I'm going to lose track here. And uh, um, Welcome to Texas, President uh, Elizabeth Joe Biden. And Jill and I wanted to visit Texas today for a couple <laughs> of weeks. Raspberries to you, illegitimate Joe. Hashtag illegitimate Joe. Don't forget, guys. Okay, yeah, that's that's just oh, peachy. It was a fun way to open the show. It'd be a fun way to, you know, uh, open for President, <laughs> open for president Trump. Okay, I'm going to prevent myself from doing that again. Okay, it is gone. That man is gone. Okay, let's check in over here on OAN. Okay, they're still running commercials over here on OAN. All right, guys, get your money. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, Lord. It's all President Trump is live. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know what these show uh, German bubbles. Oh, people are in bubbles. Ah, interesting. Okay, well, I, I see they've got some interesting news to report while they're waiting for President Trump. Well, so do we. Okay, so let's see here. Whitmer, you're gone, girl. You are gone. Okay, so here's one that I was kind of alluding to. Uh, what, what my thought process was when I heard the story of Facebook uh, canceling the news and the news to the world and of and or to for from Australia. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so this is interesting. I was like, there's a reason why Facebook's doing this. We're not fans of Facebook. No one is. No one likes the bird. Okay. But um, Australia was passing legislation to charge Facebook for every time they used news links about or of Australia, government news, stuff like that, politics, whatever. Um, they would charge Facebook for using those links. So I was like, oh, so this is a two-edged sword here because you have Facebook canceling a country, thereby making themselves look even worse than they do for what they did in America and what they've done to President Trump. But then you also have them, uh, uh, you also have Australia, on the other hand, trying to pass legislation that says, hey, anyone that we don't approve of, anyone that can't afford it, well, guess what? You're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to pay if you want to link to us. So that's what they were going against with Facebook. So it's a two-edged sword. These are two enemies fighting each other. An enemy of the First Amendment and an enemy of the First Amendment fighting each other. And they're like, and so then you have Canada jump in and Canada's like, we want to charge Facebook too. Well, guess what? what joe biden's administration wants to do okay mr biden <laughs> this coming from jen Psaki and watch at his next town hall biden's gonna be like uh it, it, that was misreported 
That little redhead I picked up when, was tw when she was 12 years old doesn't know what she's talking about. This from the Gateway Pundit. Biden admit a Biden admin wants to charge reporters $170 every time they go into a news briefing. So every time that they report in the White House, they want you to pay $170 head fee. That's a head charge to go watch them report the news. So now we have the Jen Psaki show. How much percentage do you think she gets of that? How much percentage do you think that Jen Psaki gets of this freaking $170 head charge? Oh, but of course, the taxpayers will pay for CNN and MSNBC and Fox and probably Newsweek also, or Newsmax also. Like, the taxpayers will pay for them because we got to make sure that they're not paying that fee. But if you're anybody else, if you're not part of the top six corporate media controlled uh, conglomerate oligarchs, oligarchies, then, and, and then you're fine. But if you're not part of them, you have to pay $170. So they go straight for the jugular. You have them trying to pass this legislation over here in Australia and Canada, and the White House is like, nah, we want to charge you 170 bucks for coming here. Like, they skip the middleman. They're like, screw you. Screw you, Facebook. You ain't gonna charge them. We're gonna charge them. God, man, talk about having your hands up on being a con man. The main street media goons who shrieked and moaned about a free press during the Trump administration are pretty mum after the Biden admin announced that they um, will be charging reporters for their COVID tests every time they enter the building. Without taking the $170 test, reporters will not be allowed to enter the building to go to press briefings. Nice shroud, White House admin, illegitimate Joe. The Washington Post reported on Friday that the White House is seeking to put the new charges in place on Monday. Again, we're using the emergency, we're using the emergency operating system of COVID-19 to pass whatever rules and legislation we want because we say so. That's what's happening. Okay, let's see. Is he on? He's not on yet. Okay, cool. So, okay, back to Saki Saki face. Uh, charges this high would make it much harder for smaller and independent outlets to get into the briefings, which would make corporate media shills dominate the whole room even harder than they already do. Uh, the Daily Caller notes that White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki vowed hours after Biden's inauguration to bring the truth and transparency back to the briefing room. President Donald Trump's White House footed the bill for testing reporters daily for months before leaving office. Biden's White House has limited the number of tests to 80 per day. So only 80 people per day can come in and out of the White House with these tests. Uh, but Trump's administration was willing to pay for everybody to come in and out of these tests. I bet a lot of you people are feeling a little used now, right? Because you just got kicked out of, well, not used. That's not the right word. Abandoned. <laughs> Neglected. Yeah, you're not important anymore. Only the ones they say are important. That guy's face is just, yeah, endearing. Uh, only the ones they say are important are in fact important. But uh, that's what's going on there. They're just going to, that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the theme of it. Like now you have them charging to uh, get into the press briefings and um, you're going to have probably, I wouldn't doubt it if uh, under the House and the Senate in the next two years, because if we are living under a, sh a Trump shadow government, <laughs> Uh, then, then in the next two years, a lot of it, it they're not gonna, they're not gonna, um, 
they're gonna they're not gonna make it they're not gonna make it uh to uh they're not gonna make it that far so hold on here uh we're still waiting on president trump it looks like we have joe on the line now i'm gonna unmute you joe just to uh to ask, uh, first of all welcome to the c report <laughs> but i wanted to admit you just to see uh how you're doing sir are you oh wait are you, muted? Are you hey what's going on i am here thank you hey joe what's going on how are you doing this afternoon I'm doing good. I'm just listening in and watching you comfortable news here. Cool, cool. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, that's, that was my intention, actually. I was like, I wasn't sure if it was listening, if you wanted to, like, come on and join. But we have Trump coming up apparently in about a few minutes. I mean, he's already, what, uh, 20 minutes late. He's a top-of-the-hour yeah. kind of guy, if you ask me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for him to come on here, too. So, uh, But... I- I think you might be just a few minutes behind because uh, your commercials that you were shown were a little bit behind, but maybe that, I don't know. I'm listening to you and watching the TV with the volume down. So. Oh, nice. Uh, so are you on OANN also? I am. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Very cool. Very good to know. Um, yeah, like uh, the, uh, they've been going in and out. You know how these, these conferences go, but I'm glad you're joining us. I was just talking a bit about um, some of what's going on with the administration and, and Jen Psaki and, and uh, <laughs> it's just a world of wonder out there. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bizarre how all of a sudden here it's no one's on the same page in the Biden administration. It's like they're all shattered. Yeah, I think I think the highlight of that was when Biden himself went out um, on his uh, his uh, town hall in CNN, and it was it was glaringly obvious then that no one knew what the hell was going on, or like you know maybe there's too many chiefs and not enough Bidens. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was thinking about uh, what happened in Iraq, uh, well Syria the other day when we supposedly bombed Syria mm-hmm. uh, to to send Iran a message, apparently. But it's like nobody knew about it until it was done. It was, you know, Kamala was supposedly angry because she wasn't in the loop. And mm -hmm. at first it looked like Joe didn't know anything about it either. You, you know, you know what the thing about that is, Joe. That that brought my attention. That brought, when you mentioned that, that brought to my attention. You know who it is that was really pulling the strings there, right? No, I don't. Tell me. I believe it was Lloyd Austin. Because oh, really? there are reports, there are reports that Lloyd Austin to- is the one who told Biden, and and in fact, even now, if you look at some of the news reports, even in the mainstream media, what they're saying is, um, the target we hit was accurate, confirmed by Lloyd Austin to Biden, stuff like that, like things along those lines, is what's being reported now in the news. Because um, I don't know if you saw, there was um, it was. I think it was the right scoop. They have an article. Well, it's a very brief article, but it's a video that has now been banned from Twitter of a woman in um, Syria. And she's she's pleading to the camera for President Trump to stop the bombing in Syria because of what's going on and to stop the United States from doing what they're doing. Can you believe that? Like, oh, boy, I, I did not see that. That's Yeah, I'll send you. Well, I'll send you the article. Um, I still have the article, but the video is down. Um, but it's uh, they have a still of the woman. And, you know, it's kind of like that pulling on heartstrings thing with the children. But like, it's it's not that. So I I'm, I'm wonder, is this real? Is it propaganda? Because they did pull it down. 
but at the same time like this woman was yet was crying when she was pleading for them to do that so um i really think that it's not what they see it is i think lloyd austin as i said before he's got a lot of contractors that he's working for like he's a military contractor man like he's got a lot of contracts like if, if it's not an engineering weapons and engineering ships and equipment it's an actually like you know like like uh, uh arms and 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 security and stuff like that like he's got like several military contracts uh for war so uh, it only to me is fitting that this was going to happen and that lloyd austin was actually going to one that was going to lead the charge and people in syria are decrying it like this is this is not good news for syria and and i was looking back into it also and since we had the um, last time that America bombed Syria was what with President Trump, and he, we know that he hit strategic like uh, warehouses. Um, but since that time, America has stopped bombing Syria, but Israel has been bombing Syria, and Turkey has been bombing Syria, and Russia and Syria have been together fighting those forces in, in Idlib or something like that. So um, I, I'm kind of like wondering what like i'm trying to take a step back and see like what is going on there because now that united states is bombing them again i just feel like they're going against the president i think about when uh like tulsi gabbard for example example went over there and spoke with you know the president of um syria and stuff like that and and i know that she has her things too but the, you wouldn't just go over there and speak to someone who's like killing their people, you know, like who's a terror, you know, like like they claim he is, like they claim he's his regime is like, you know, destroying the land and, and killing the people and genocide and all that stuff. So I don't know. I, I think um, I think there's something to Damascus and Syria um, that they want that region and he's just been fighting them. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like there's a bunch of people fighting over Syria, and it's not clear who, you know, which side we're on or who we're fighting. A lot of the time, it's it, it's just all the unknowns are are disturbing to me. You know, it seems like this operation in Syria, you know, before we were using drones for things like this, mm-hmm. and I didn't agree with that either. But it seems like to, to fly in F-16s and, and invade airspace and that seems like an escalation to me, and and you know I know they were looking to retaliate against uh, the missiles that were fired into to our base, where the, I think there was another contractor killed and everything. Mm-hmm. But but you're right. When we've got so many con- you know independent contractors with with military contracts worth billions, and they've got you know who knows what's going on. That's, really, yeah. I mean, we who knows what, who did it and why they did it or what mm-hmm. we hit. Mm-hmm. Um, People, you know, oh, go ahead, sir. Sure. I was just going to say that was the thing that was refreshing about Trump, you know. And you know me; I've not <laughs> been the, the biggest Trump fan out there that there is. But you know, he he was at least seemed to be trying to get us out of this mm-hmm. these these kind of conflicts. That's and, the thing. And for yeah. some reason, our military industrial complex has always been resistant to that. They want to stay in Afghanistan. They want mm-hmm. to stay in Iraq all indefinitely. Well, it's, they're making money. I mean, it's got to be that. I mean, for I think for like I think for like operations like the contractors and the generals, I think it's more about money and power than it is about power and power. Um, because that's I mean that's just keeping the gear going unless there's unless there's something else like there's a higher level that we don't see. Of course, that that's always possible. 
But um, yeah, I mean, it's it, they just it started up again as soon thirty. It was thirty three days after Joe Biden got into office that they started bombing in the Middle East again. Thirty three days, like right. they they didn't want to do it in the first thirty. Like they waited three days extra. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you remember, it kind of started earlier because he was sending caravans into Syria there earlier. You know, oh, that's true. That's true. You know, that he was kind of shifting troops, it looked like to me, you know. I know, like Iraq as well, I think. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just sad that we're in the state now where our government can drop bombs on people and we have no say-so in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And we don't have mm-hmm. complete unawareness of why or who or... You know, we're just completely in the dark. And that doesn't sound like America to me, you know. Not at all. No. And, you know, as, as a matter of fact, now that you say that, like, there's an article that I had seen um, that I was preparing uh, for a future episode that had to do with, it said, oh, but according to the UN law, it was okay for America to bomb in Syria. According to the UN law. Like, but we're not here for the United Nations. You know what I mean? Like, we're here for America. It, ha- it, it should go through legislation and we should be aware um but like you said even kamala was was like alarmed by it like i think i think we have a rogue military now under under lloyd austin but i think that they're probably going to allow them to do what they do just so they can see their operations because i think they've been i think i think this is indeed the largest sting operation that we've ever seen and it's happening on live tv like we're watching it (laughs) so Right, and like I said, I understand that maybe we we owed uh, somebody some some retribution because they did fire some missiles into one right. of our bases in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, I haven't anybody haven't had heard anybody tie those two together. You exactly. Know, you know, it, 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 and Biden was so confused at first; like he, it seemed like he didn't know it happened. And then he said, "Well, I did it to send a, a message." And I'm like. Really, we're we're bombing people with F-16s now, yeah. and killing 22 people at least that we know, at least of what, that we've been told, for for God knows what reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's to send a message, you know. I you know. And and who who better ways to send messages? Who who are these? Who are these Iraqi backed? Wait, who are these Iran backed Iraqi group rebels in Syria? Like, are right. they are they possibly American proxy contractors backed by Iran? You know, like, we don't even know that. Like, that's why we need to, like, get all of these paper trails and receipts figured out. Because we don't even know who these rebels are that are backed by Iran. I mean, like you said, yeah, they could be anybody. Like, the contractor was American, I guess. But why are well, we going to go? And what about the collateral damage, right? Iran, you know, my thing <laughs> is, how long have we been in Iraq my God, a long time. And what, why yeah. are we having contractors in Iraq for Iran to shoot at? You know, yep. we, we've, you know, typically what we're supposed to, we thought we were doing was to help Iraq and Afghanistan get on their feet, you know, install a, a democratic form of government and then get the hell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you <laughs> but know, we're not getting the hell out. The thing about it is, even that is even that is clouded in in like quagmire as well, Joe. Like us installing a democrat regime because we're the ones who put Saddam and Hussein in there in the first place. You know what I mean? Like we're right. the ones who put him there in the seventies. So like it gets even more quagmired. Like it's like yeah. Like if we could have just not. I mean, it, it all had to do with the rogue CIA in the fifties and sixties is what I think. You know, that's what I think this stems from. So it, it, 
It stems from the deep state having an arm in the government and unlimited funding via the the federal the Federal Reserve, and like and and taxpayers um, who they're nickel and diming to death out of every single tax plus income tax, and that's how they funded the CIA. That's how they got all of their operations out, and they started trying to take over the world. And they did that through America. That's what I think, and it's just it is a quagmire, Joe. It is a quagmire. God, this swamp Trump had to wade through. <laughs> well, we talk about these independent cr- contractors, and like uh, yesterday, be, you know, before we went on last night, I was down a rabbit hole about this guy that had been arrested in Venezuela mm-hmm. that you know may have been tied to the CIA and was tied to this uh, security company called M or MVM. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I started digging into MVM and I found out that they started in 1979 and it was three ex-CIA agents huh. that started it. And so you've got the CIA that's running these contracts and they're getting billions of dollars from the, the taxpayers mm-hmm. for, for doing dirty stuff and overseas, you know. And mm-hmm. so this guy that got caught in Venezuela, he, he was, uh, you know... Pompeo basically said when you know he was in court yesterday and Pompeo basically said well I hope you give him a fair trial that was basically our response to that guy getting arrested in Venezuela <laughs> so it's just so dirty you know and it's mm-hmm. just so backdoor and where he got arrested um, was next to an oil refinery and apparently in 2012 somebody sabotaged that, that refinery and it killed 55 people oh wow <laughs> And so, you know, who knows, maybe we did that, you know, and that's just, that's just terrible. We shouldn't be trying to sabotage, especially countries that we're not at war with. We're just trying yeah. to, to make regi- regime change. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of up to their people as far as, you know, as far as I'm concerned, but it all kind of falls in this new war, world order. Well, yeah. And that's the thing though, is that like, if you take like, okay, so you had like Saddam Hussein when that happened, but then like you take like Gaddafi in Libya, who we also installed, who also was like a terror basically when they put him in to Libya. But, but then as, as he grew older and wise in his age, I don't know what prompted the change. Maybe it was just trying to like redeem himself. He started to build up North Africa. And then we went in there and we destroyed him, even though the narrative is still contrary to that fact. But like, um, what did they tell America? What did they tell the world? They told us that, you know, we went in there and, and, and they, they brought down a dictator who was killing his people and genocide. Like they did this, they did with the, the president of Syria. Like they said he gassed his people like twice, you know, and then they had a woman on CNN go over there and smell the mustard gas and live. So like, <laughs> you know, like, like, like it's all a lie. So like, it, it's all such a perpetrated lie. And I, we have to... Uh, and this is going to go into another leg, and, and I know they're still not playing Trump because I have him, I have it playing on the, behind the scenes. But like, they uh, it's always that Mike Huckabee. They have um, what do you call it? Uh, oh my goodness, I just derailed myself. <laughs> Sorry, that happens. That happens. But um, uh, we were talking about the pan am and oh my oh god it's i'm just i'm a little overheated now i need to take this coat off no it's the sunday edition so i'm wearing i might not wear a tie from now on like this is actually very refreshing so <laughs> well you look very professional like you always do when i watch your show so 
Oh, I appreciate your best dresser on Q&A holes, that's for sure. Aha! Uh -huh. I just have a lot of clothes, that's all. But, um... <laughs> uh, and Magadon wears the best hat. So. Yes! Yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> I still gotta get me a frog hat. I still gotta get me a frog hat. But yeah, it's just unbelievable how much we don't know about what we're doing, what our government is doing, and these contractors from America are doing overseas. It's just amazing how much we don't know. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what our motivations truly are. It's like, you know, I, I think Trump supporters have to be very careful not to be so blindly patriotic that we, uh, you know, excuse some of the military actions that we've done under false pretenses you know we we've mm -hmm. got to be mm -hmm. diligent about not allowing our government to do this kind of stuff right like like uh we have to have the integrity you know like that's that's part of what made america america in standing against the tyrants and the people who went to dark means to control their people and uh, i wouldn't even call them a constituency if you're under like you know a tyrannical or fascist type dictatorship but like um what, what uh servants <laughs> right they're subjects <laughs> so um uh yeah you're right about that like it, it's it's a shame that we need to we need to be able to know and to tell the ca like when the whole waterboarding thing came up stuff like that right like we need to know that we have a, a line in the sand that we won't cross as a people that we're not gonna destroy um you know a way of life just to preserve the greater good that kind of thing like i mean that's that's probably a bigger conversation but like but like but things like that like like the uh the security for uh safety you know or like the freedom for security kind of thing you know like like we can't right. we, we can't be subject to that either we have to be able to right. stand against that aside from the government doing like those tactics that are like you you don't want to cross that line right well joe biden before he was elected you know, he, he was critical of do what Donald Trump, when Donald Trump took out the second highest terrorist there in Iraq, that was an Iranian fellow, I forget what that guy's name was. Mm -hmm. um, but if you if you think about it, we knew right away who he took out, why he, why he decided to do that, mm -hmm. and how it was done. And we knew that that was the truth because immediately Iran, you know, responded and... and and they, you know, they responded in the way that you would expect them to. They were very angry that that had happened to, to what, to their second, or to a general, I think it was. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So, you know. It's not like Soleimani or something like that, right? Yeah, there was a lot more transparency there. And, and Biden at that <laughs> time, you know, before he got elected, he said that the president should not be able to know, you know, just willy nilly drops, drop bombs somewhere. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and he also said that, you know, that he would use our military as a last resort. Well, dropping dropping bombs on Syria to send a, a warning to, to Iran, which doesn't make any sense to me. If you if you want to send a warning to Iran, why aren't you dropping bombs in Iran? That's you know? true. That's true. <laughs> if that's what you feel like. That you have is to do. true, Joe. Uh, but also, that certainly isn't a last resort. I mean, that we weren't in that situation. You know, it, it's not like we were at war with Syria or Iran. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and you're right because, like, say, like, it, say, say this had happened under a Trump regime, uh, they probably would have figured out who was operating this uh, thing in Iran, and they would have attacked there, like you said. Like, they wouldn't have bombed Syria, or if they, right. you know, like, because from what I understand, there was also a lot of collateral damage as well. 
Well, that's just terrible because that even with the drones and you know we all see it differently than what it really is because mm-hmm. of what we're told through the through the press and exactly. what the military tells us. Mm-hmm. There's always collateral damage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how much. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it, I guess in the in the the idea would be like the lives lost. I guess would be the important factor there. You know, right, right, mm-hmm. but. When you're flying a, a drone and you drop a bomb, you know, and then you're taking pictures afterwards, it can sometimes not tell you everything you need to know, like who was standing around at that point and that mm. kind of stuff. So, you know, I know we, we have the ability to to, to really uh, tag people on the ground with satellites and stuff, but when we do this, let's be transparent and show what we did and who we did it to and why. You know, that's to me, that's the only way that we should. It's no wonder to me that people across the world hate us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it, is, it doesn't ba- It used to baffle me. I was like, because I really was into news and watching what was going on. I was just living my life mm-hmm. uh, and, and being blind, blindly patriotic. And I, you know, always thought everything we did was justified, <laughs> but it, it's really not. And, mm-hmm. and we're we're doing at least people that are acting as agents of the United States are doing some really bad things across the world, mm-hmm. and it's like we said, uh, you know, what ha- happened in, in Venezuela. Now I understand Venezuela's got a bad government and it's a communist government, um, and, and we would like regime change there, but we are not at war with Venezuela. They have not done anything to us. Why are agents acting on behalf of the American people down there messing around and and trying to sabotage them? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not supposed to be doing that kind of thing. That's starting that's starting a fight. You know? Yeah, and exactly. So, and that's not what we're supposed to be about. I know Trump didn't want he he was tired of us being the world police, and and boy, I sure am too. Mm-hmm. Because that's a tough job. And no kidding. And when they're doing it all in secret, we have no idea, you know, like I said, who they're killing, why they're killing them. Uh, We know we kill innocent women and children frequently, Mm -hmm. even with the drones. But like I said, this last incident in in Syria, to me, it was really serious because we had F-16s, not just drones, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and we were dropping 500-pound bombs. That that's serious business, you know. That's that's war, is what that is to me. And Absolutely. Are, and why are we doing this in Syria when there's our like you said, how many people are dropping bombs in Syria now? It's, yeah, you know, I was very yeah. surprised to see that Israel and I mean Turkey was a given to me because I know there's something up with Turkey, but to find out that Israel was also in the coalition with Turkey and Russia was with Syria fighting over the city in Idlib. Like, there's something else going on there. Like, they just, to me, they just, they, they just want a Western-backed person to control the state of Syria or the country of Syria. Um, but, I mean, there's probably a whole lot more to it than that. Like, I don't know. So, Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. Is, as Americans, we're, we're represented by our government and by our military. But, and we're paying for all this, by the way. You know, we're paying for those bombs. We're paying, you know, that's why I said it's no wonder people hate us because we're paying for all this mm-hmm. and we're doing it blindly with no type of oversight. And we, like I said, as taxpayers, we don't know what's going on. We really don't. We mm-hmm. don't know why we're in these conflicts. 
looked at looked at how we got into Iraq to start with. It was based on a, a, a well, I call it a lie, but they, you know, the government, our government says, well, we were just mistaken, and that was the weapons of mass destruction, mm -hmm. which yeah, you know, which we can which we can impeach for now. We should be able to, yeah. But, we should be able to. I mean, they set the standards. So. But yeah, to me, it's just really bizarre how much we don't know, and we're supposed to be a free country, and we're supposed to be the world leader in this, that, and the other. And don't get me wrong, I love my country, and I love the people of my country, but we, we have not done our jobs of due diligence to, to, you know, keep a watch on what our government has been doing, and we're paying the price for it now. I would absolutely have to agree with you on that one. And then hopefully just from this, like, like with this whole Trump twister thing coming in and out. And like you said, like, like Trump wasn't my guy in the, in the fight when this started also, like I was not pro Trump by any means. I thought the guy was a snake in the bush, like big time. Like I was like, this guy, uh, you watch out for this guy. Um, but like, uh, just like the whole way that things have, have gone, like, um, I, I just don't. I don't feel like it's, 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 um, like, I feel like the whole thing is that with, with Trump, it's waking everything up and it hasn't been all about him, but that he's been the mouthpiece that they selected as a spokesperson or a spearhead for this whole movement. And now it's, it's, it's shifted and awoken up everything. Like, it's just like tossed everything upside down on its head. You know what I mean? Like... And, and so hopefully this will call, call for accountability with things like that, especially with three-letter agencies or more in government. Like, that, the regulation should be more on those guys because we don't need them to function as a country or a society, and we've never needed them. You know, they have military intelligence if they really needed that kind of thing, if you ask me, I think would be more um, efficient and effective than having like two or three different agencies out there trying to figure things out themselves. Well, yeah, especially I mean, there's forensics is one thing, you know what I mean? But like what those people are doing in, in operations in other countries, that's that's different. Right. Well, you know. The reality is that, yeah, we, we, we need to be able to know what's going on and we need to have covert actors to go into, up to our enemy's territory, even our friends, to make sure that we're secure and that we're up to date on what's really going on. But the thing is, is we, we don't know how that's done and we don't know the motivations behind how it's done. And if you look at the CIA history and I'm, you know, and I'm kind of scared to even talk about the CIA too much because you never know. No, Joe, now is not the time to be afraid. Now is the time to speak. And if you're afraid, send me all the notes and I'll do it for you. <laughs> well, you know, I still have to well, stuff like that, we, so. we know, we know about, oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Yes, that's true. Um, but like, um, like we, we know about daddy Bush being the head of the CIA. We know, we know he was, a, he was a kitty diddler, you know, like we, we know a lot of the other operations that they did that were not, um, that were not on par or were just very, you know, th that was not American basically, you know? Um, right. Well, you look at all the dirty things that have happened, a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them, mm -hmm. and that's where it's coming from. Like, including assassinations. All the experiments the CIA has done on unsuspecting people. Mm -hmm. My gosh, they, they've done terrible things to people, and that's that's our own people. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and 
you know, we don't find out about it until generations later, and then we're like, oh, that's terrible, but nothing's ever done about it. You don't see anybody going to jail. You don't right. see anybody prosecuted. You, you don't see any of the bad, bad, bad actors in these alphabet letter companies or, or agencies. Uh-huh. Like, is it any consequence for, for anything they do? Is is it just supposed to be accepted? Like this is a part of our history and our heritage. The CIA did these things. Now live with it. We'll continue. It might happen again in the future. Like this is this is America. That's what happened. Too bad. Right. Right. Well, I mean, doing experiments on people, <laughs> assassinating yeah. presidents. Like, <laughs> what does that sound like? I mean, who? in history do you know that's done things like that the cia yeah the cia and who else the nazis the not oh yes the, the nazis Japanese did some of it during world war ii and that's where they but, came from yeah but this this is just pure evil stuff and i don't I, i'm not comfortable with it at all no and, but nothing is ever done nothing is ever done and that's what my hope was for trump and like i told you know like you said i was never a big trump fan Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't like him one bit before he ran for president. Yeah, and same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and I didn't, and I still don't like him a whole lot, and I don't trust him a whole lot. I mean, I, I know just from all the research that I do and stuff that he's not been 100%, you know, great <laughs> either. But a lot of that, a lot of what he did became, was before he became president. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as president, I was really impressed with him because... He was doing things that I thought needed to have needed to be done for a long time. Number one, get our soldiers out of these countries where we don't, you know, we we have no reason to still be in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got their own economy, they've got their own income, they're set. You know, they don't need us for anything. If mm-hmm. they do, they'll ask us. You know, yeah. <laughs> if we leave and they need us, then they'll they'll ask us. But we we're still there. And Trump was trying to get these guys out. And what's the result of not getting them out? Well, they get shot at by Iran, and then we bomb Syria. Yeah, you know, it's never ending. It's you a know? quagmire. It's just like get get our guys out of there and quit letting them be targets of these people. Yeah, thank you, know? you General Lloyd Austin, for um, putting more money in his pocket. I mean, I, to me, that's all it is. Like we're going to see all these operations with him because he's got like his hands in like five pies of military contracts, like. If not more, he's got his hands full with military contracts, and now he's in charge of the military. And he didn't even tell Kamala Wanalea Harris that he was going to bomb Syria, and she's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> well, it, it's obvious. I think it's obvious to the whole world now that Joe Biden's definitely not in charge. Do you, did you see that clip I played with Joe yeah. Biden in <laughs> Texas? <laughs> yeah. Already. Just outside of knows he's not he's not calling the shots, and that's a little bit scary, right? Yeah, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And what he said, <laughs> "What am I doing here? I'm gonna go off the rails." Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting to really feel you know kind of bad for him because it, it it's so obvious that things are not not right with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's it, it's also completely obvious to everyone across the world that he is just a, someone's puppet now who, who's who's pulling the strings is uh, you know we can set yes on all day really because i think it could be a bunch of people and it probably is it, it's probably he's probably whored himself out to anyone that would like you know take him 
And um, this is the bet he made, though, because I, I could I could definitely feel that that sense of sympathy or empathy for him as an o- older person. But like, this is the bet he made. Like, he's the one who who did all of these things, collected all of that money, lived this lifestyle of. I couldn't even begin to fathom the kind of lifestyle this man lived. And like, um, and now at this, this right, this is the just come up and this is the cock in the cock fight right here, Joe. <laughs> this is what Biden gets. Like he gets public humiliation. He gets to lose his dignity. He gets to lose his mind on public TV as, uh, let that be like, uh, um, uh, let that be a lesson for people who've done things like that. You know, that's, that's, that's his, that's his cock in the cock fight right there. Like Joe's going to lose it on TV and like, probably, I don't know. I can't even speculate anymore about what the probably is. Cause for all I know, Trump, uh, Trump has a shadow government now. And like, uh, we're going to watch these guys burn in the next two to four years. Well, you know, I, I, I I'm open to anything. And I, I'm sure if Trump, that might be one of the strategies he's using is he's setting up his own shadow government but it's real obvious mm-hmm. to me that that the people that we voted for aren't the ones that are in charge yeah uh, like even uh if, even if joe gets uh, somehow removed from office and camilla gets in there you know she's not in charge either because she didn't know anything about this Iran. she the was a, like the last to know no one told her anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, she's a, and she's the vice president for crying out loud, you know. So yeah, you know if if Joe Joe something happens to Joe or for whatever reason he can't finish his term, and we get Camilla, it, it's going to be just the exact same thing, probably worse a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. she really doesn't have a clue, and she doesn't have as as many handlers, I don't think, as Joe does. <laughs> right. But At but for her to right and and for her to go out there, but to be the the active voice saying that like people like Antifa and BLM weren't going to stop, I could only imagine it getting even worse under her. Like she'd probably like, I don't know, she'd probably unleash all her minions into every city center or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Well, in a way, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with her if it than Joe, and that's just because of all the things I, I know for a fact Joe has done. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, I don't think she's a lot better, but I haven't seen the overwhelming evidence that she's done some really, really, really intentionally bad stuff, although all of them do, you know, even mm-hmm. Trump. Every, mm-hmm. All of them do. All of them do bad stuff. All, we all do. We're people, you know. We're people, people do bad things, I guess. We, uh, we, uh, we extend jail sentences and incarcerate people <laughs> at increasingly alarming rates for smoking weed and then smoke weed and make fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's... But I mean, yeah, you're right. Like as far, I don't know, like, you know, so, um, one, one of the podcasters I was listening to keeps dropping these like, um, Easter eggs or something like that in regards to Kamala Harris and Jesse Smollier. Cause that's like her nephew or something like that. And, yeah. uh, you know how, whenever he had had this whole Trump MAGA incident where his Nigerian, uh, what, uh, body trainers <laughs> like yeah. threw bleach on him and put a, put a, a rope around his neck. <laughs> like, like that yeah. was, that was in cahoots with, uh, Kamala and also, uh, Cory Booker. 
um, because they're passing this bill lynching um, legislation. So the, there is this big whoop about that. And there's this foundation that she works with. And I, I can't remember the name of it, but something was going on with the, this foundation. And I feel like it guts the, it guts the makings of possibly like a, a human trafficking type of uh, operation. So you never know. Something else could come out on that end um, as far as Kamala's concerned. But I haven't seen her name on any Epstein flight logs per se. So... Uh, yeah, but, you know, you just don't, it's, uh, you mentioned that Smollett was her nephew, and I'm just like, once you start looking at what's going on in our country, mm-hmm. these people are all, all connected, it seems like, these people mm-hmm. that you're always hearing about on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, Right. they're they're all connected, it's just amazing how, mm-hmm. how and, they, and- they connect. And and right up to the media corporations and the celebrities as well. Like, right right up to that. Even in writing, you know, like, you'd be surprised how many of the books that we are forced to read in, in, in public schools these days came from family members of the elite or, like, the banking families or the politicians, whether they were cousins or married in or brothers or fathers or mothers. All of that uh, history and all of that culture is being fed in that way. It's interesting. And they're, they're all related. Like, even like, you know, the Vanderbilts and the Andersons and the CIA on CNN. You know, like, that's all related. So, like... Right. Right. And then, you know, I guess then you kind of start to understand how things have gotten the way they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it, one of my brothers tell, told me, you know, he, he's not upset about anything at like this anymore because he said this this term with Trump has showed him that things have been bad all of our lives. We just didn't know it until Trump got in office. We didn't know how bad things were. We knew our government was kind of dirty and we knew, mm-hmm. you know, things happened that shouldn't have happened, you know, assassinations, wars, right. everything. Uh, but it's even dirtier than that. Man, <laughs> it's, Joe. It's like the ultimate dirty. And, but... Oh. The thing is, the reason why they're wanting to sweep, sweep this election under the rug and both sides are willing to do it is because it all that's the way it is. That's the game they play. It's who, who cheats the best. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just something else, Joe. Okay, uh, <laughs> let, let's hang on there real quick. I'm going to pause. it's outrageous it's just but you know what the thing that that's bad is they can do it and there's not a damn thing we can do to change it you know <laughs> because well, we gave we give them the power to do that that's true we just, we just have not done our job of making sure that our government well we we have to make sure that we do it like i have to make sure i sit down and handwrite a letter to my legislative representative because if i don't <laughs> Who is? No, but like, um, and the thing about it is though, because to me, like it has to be handwritten because anyone can print it out. Like my sister's like, just write me a story and I'll sign it. And I'm like, okay, just, but like mine mine has to be handwritten because like. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's how I would do it too. It would have to be handwritten. 
But they because they need to see like uh, they, they, Joaquin Castro is not going to tune into the C report and telling and hear me telling him to get his butt home and get to jail because of what he did in front of America. Like, but you know, uh, showing it up, it's I don't know, showing up, I guess. But we, you're right. Like America has done, and but but at the same time, it's like I don't I don't blame America itself just because we've been put in a situation where we don't we're apathetic towards politics. We're like we're gonna let them take care of it because we got two jobs and four kids and we're getting divorced you know and like and gas is getting more expensive so right well the way our system is supposed to work is we're supposed to have honest people in government that but it's also it was never intended to be a career for people and yeah for, for all of them it is a career now and the other thing that should have sent major red flags up to us is you know Within the first year, most of these senators and congressmen and women and men, you know, they become millionaires really fast, but they're only getting paid $174,000 a year, you know? <laughs> so how, how does that happen? But we've never questioned it, and and now we can't stop it. There's not a thing we can do. They, they There is so much money being put in people's pockets for favors that I'm not sure they're uh, ever under control. Yeah, I mean... It, 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 well, I mean, that's that's just what it is. Then, like, this illusion is coming to an end. Um, is basically what's happening. I think the first thing that should happen, or one of the first things, once if not if not as soon as twenty two hap twenty twenty two happens, like, I don't see why it shouldn't be um, uh, something that's considered on legislation for like term limits. Uh, period of all political representation, like. Like, get them out of there. Like, there's got to be more people that want to come up and help America. We don't need people there for 40 or 50 years, you know? So. Right. And we need to get rid of what they they call the black money, um, mm -hmm. which is the money that they that is donated to a candidate that they don't have to report, you know, where they have to report how much, but they don't have to report who it came from. And so with that black money, people like George Soros and, mm -hmm. you know, Zuckerberg and Suck and all those people, they, they can buy themselves a, a, a presidential candidate, you know, and that's, yeah. that's what they do. Basically, now, basically they should Trump they... was guilty of accepting that kind of money, but I don't think, as taxpayers, I don't think we should accept that that's legal. Just like I don't think we should be accepting all these lobbyists and special interest groups, right? That, exactly. That throw money around and mm -hmm. buy and buy favors. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not available to you and I. We don't have enough money to go buy favors. So that to me, that's just completely un-American in most ways. But then, if you think about our history, you know, it, it kind of is American to. to to be dirty, you yeah. know, it, it's kind of part. It, it's become kind of our, our part of our culture. You know, we're all fascinated with the worst criminals and the serial killers, and you know, oh. and, and the rich drug dealers and mm -hmm. rappers and everybody else. And, and we, you know, we kind of put those people on a pedestal. Yeah, they the, they're made out to be our pantheon, but that's because uh, those people are the ones who are controlling the things behind the screen, and they have nothing else better to do but you know, revel in their own their own nests, I think, but, um, I don't know. It, it, that is something else, but like with, uh, the whole America first agenda, I think that is going to start taking more of a center center role, I think, um, moving forward. So that's something to look forward to something that I, I think we wouldn't have seen here sooner in this country. Um, than it had not been for this whole past election cycle. 
So I don't know, kind of the way I dissect it is we'll go through this period now and then we'll, we'll come out on the other side. Um, okay, but we wouldn't have gone through it. It's just, it's terrible. We shouldn't condone those things, Joe. We shouldn't condone those things. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think our eyes are, well, for a lot of people, our eyes are open now. And, mm -hmm. you know, we can see what's going on. Now we just got to try to work to change things because, and, and that's the way to do it is peacefully. I don't agree with going out and trying to hurt other people to, to, to make things better. You know, that's not how you make things better. I don't believe in mm -hmm. uh, civil war. I don't think that's the answer. I, I think the answer is at the voting booth. Um, and we and it and it's our job to do better. Mm -hmm. You know, try to sit down sometime. And I I tried to do this the other day. Sit down and list people in in our in our federal government that you think are trustworthy and or haven't been touched by some type of scandal. And it's the list is really short. It's and, like less than fifteen, right? Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. And some yeah. of even the people that we you know that we kind of are praising right now because they're on our side or seem to be on our side like ted cruz that guy's not free of scandal exactly <laughs> exactly yes you know, he's not like even from texas like what he says but they're, he's not free of scandal and, and most of them aren't and it seems like the longer they're there the more <laughs> the more dirty they get you know or mm -hmm. they and I just think that a lot of it is because of the money that's tossed around. And that, and it's and it's not just politics. You see that in Hollywood and professional yeah. sports and how these people, you know, end up becoming just kind of bad people because they're getting so much money and they can, they can afford to be bad people, you know. Yeah. Or they, once they get so much money, they're accepted into a club, I guess. And that club is, is, is not is messed up. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I just think the, the, all the money we have in politics, that's where we need, we need to start. And, you know, it seems like it's kind of happening now with Hollywood and professional sports. A lot more people are not watching. Mm -hmm. A lot more people are not, you know, well, right now we can't go to the movies. Our government won't let us. They, they, they fixed that. They fixed that for themselves. Honestly, they fixed sports and Hollywood for themselves. And then we just woke up to the rest of it along with everyone else. Like pretty much. Right. Well, but if you look like the NFL, you know, they have advertising contracts. And at the end of this past season, they like they wanted twice the amount of money for next year. Mm -hmm. And that's how much that's because they're trying to cover their losses. That's how they've lost half their money in the NFL this year. We know that for a fact, at least because that's what they're trying to get back. Mm. And I think the NBA is even worse. And, you know, Major League Baseball has been falling for a long time. Um, but, he, you know, all these sports were that were so political this, uh, this and, and turned everybody against Trump for yeah. whatever reason. You know, all these people are going to suffer. And, mm -hmm. and I hope I hope it sticks. I hope people continue to do that because we need to get all that money out of those people's pockets. A lot of them don't deserve it. Yep, yep, yep. I would have to agree. I would have to absolutely agree. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, as far as going back, like going back to like the whole election um, and, and the way that's run, like, and, and even the taxes, like when you're talking about the black money, because that's, that's one thing. And then, then there's like the, there's the legislative black taxes, like the income tax, for example. Like, I don't believe that that goes into, you know, uh, well, I mean, obviously it doesn't go into like fixing streets and stuff. It, it, it goes into whatever pet projects these bankers and these offshore people have is what I believe. Like, that's where I believe the income tax goes. Like, they were going to explain that, but unfortunately, they weren't able to get to it 
due to the uh, 2012, uh, the 2001 bombings, like that was another thing that was going on there as well. Um, in, in, um, in New York city with the terrorist attacks. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but like, uh, I was thinking the other day, uh, if we had reelected Trump, mm-hmm. look at, look at the things that we could have been doing right now instead of what we are doing. You know, mm-hmm. Trump had his platinum plan for the, for the black communities. And I was excited about that. I thought, finally, you know, we're going to work as a, as a people, we're going to do something right and we're going to get, get it together. And, and the reason why I liked it is because I, I'm pretty sure he would have stuck, stuck with it. I, you know, he, he made promises and he tried to keep them, mm-hmm. which is different, different than any other president. But now there's no platinum plan for anybody. Mm-hmm. Or you know, our our poor black folks in, the, in these inner cities aren't getting any help now. Well, he had he also had uh, there op- is no plan. Yeah, those opportunity zones, right? Like, right. I was just talking about that. Also, like, say for example, like where I'm at, like there are areas of town that have been the same for over five decades, and we're talking nothing has changed. And I'm right. like, they're not taking care of the people. I don't understand what this is, but Trump would have tried to have done something for that at least. Right, right, and I and to me with Trump, if the people wanted it, there were there was just about anything on the table, you know. Like I, I think everybody would have gotten behind the platinum plan that he had, mm-hmm. and I think that would have been a really positive thing, not only for those those neighborhoods, but for our country. You know, it was going to lift some people up, and that's what Trump did a lot: is he lifted people up and, and gave them opportunity, better opportunities. But with Biden, we're not going to see any of that. You know, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. The opportunities are going to be taken away instead of, you know, put in place. They, they'll they be there for the illegal immigrants coming in. Right. Which is just, you know, I, I'm, I'm having a real tough time getting my head wrapped around it now. I have some I have some opinions about our neighbors to the south. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I personally think that maybe there's some middle ground in between being an, an illegal alien and and, and an American, I, you know, I think they're Americans, but they're not United States Americans, you know, so I think maybe they should have mm-hmm. some special privileges because they are from our continent, you know, mm-hmm. and just in an effort to, you know, yeah. kind of bring people together, maybe we could make a, a special visa where they would have access to our country because they're Americans and, you know, uh, but, you know, I, like I said, you it's just what's going on now. Well, let's just open the border and let them all flood in. That's just crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. I can't believe there's people that are saying, yeah, that's that's the right thing to do. It's not. It's not the right thing for the people coming across the border. And it's certainly not the right thing for us. Absolutely. I think I think the immigration thing is going to be also one of those issues that is going to wake people up because it's just it's glaringly obnoxiously obvious how bad of a policy it is for what trump had already put in place and put in motion like even 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 the officers and the officials and the judges in texas in the south are like what the hell are you doing like we can't stop this like this 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 juggernaut was in motion like the the train has left the station we can't just pull the brakes on it and stop deporting people you know like that that's just a piece of it too you know right well the thing is you have the way we're doing it now, you have no idea who's coming across the border, mm-hmm. right? That That's a big issue. There could be a lot of bad terrorist type people from all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming across the border. 
so that's that's one big issue and it's not safe for the children that are what happens a lot of times is the parents will just send their children ahead and have them go across the border and once the children get established then it's easier for the parents to get in uh, at least that's the way it is under under uh Biden and the way it was before Bush started building or before Trump started building the wall. Mm -hmm. um, so at least, you know, you could kind of maybe protect the children that way if you kind of had some order about it, of, you know, that, yeah, you let them in to work and stuff like that. But there's rules, you know, that you're going to have to follow. Follow. They can't vote. Um, they can only be eligible for emergency medical services, or if you want to get medical services here, we'll bill your home country. Right. Something like that, you know. <laughs> but if you have order and you know who's coming across the border, you can develop plans like that and ways to help. But mm -hmm. the way it is now, with it's just a mad rush, and I'll sneak across that border as fast as I can. That's bad for everybody. Mm -hmm. it's, it's dangerous for the people that's mm -hmm. coming across the border. If they were doing it here in West Virginia, they would be shot. I promise you. Oh. Good Lord. <laughs> well, that's well, the way it is. Well, that's you know, just the yeah. way it is here. You don't let strangers come on your property and run across your property. That's just not what we do here. Yeah. And that's the way, that's why we're, you know, a fairly safe state. The crime rates are really low here mm -hmm. and we're peaceful people, but we, you know, you got to respect other person's property or you're going to be in a, in a mess of trouble here. That's just oh, the way it oh, is. Oh, we got so Trump. I can't we got imagine Trump. down in Texas, uh -huh. you know, People that you have no idea, don't speak your language, you don't know who they are, where they're coming from, and they're running across your property. Now, I realize down there, we're talking about huge, huge properties. Yeah, and, I was like... In West Virginia, you know, I'm, I'm referring to smaller smaller properties, but still, it's the same. you got somebody trespassing on your property, mm -hmm. and it is. they could easily is. just come to the house. And when you're talking about a thousand people coming to your house... You know, how long is it going to be it take them to take over your house? You know, mm -hmm. it's just not safe for anybody, I don't think. I don't think so either. Let's see what President Trump has to think about it. <laughs> we got him live at CPEC now. You ready, Joe? I'm ready. He's watching and he's loving it and he loves Catherine. Catherine, thank you for being here. So great. Thank you, Catherine. He loved you, Catherine. I will tell you that. So oh, fantastic. Thank you, Catherine, very much. To each and every one of you here at CPAC, I am more grateful to you than you will ever know. We are gathered this afternoon to talk about the future of our movement, the future of our party, and the future of our beloved country. For the next four years, the brave Republicans in this room will be at the heart of the effort to oppose the radical Democrats, the fake news media, and their toxic cancel culture. Something new to our ears, cancel culture. And I want you to know that I'm going to continue to fight right by your side. We will do what we've done right from the beginning, which is to win. We're not starting new parties. You know, they kept saying, He's going to start a brand new party. We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. That was fake news. Fake news, no. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Let's start a new party and let's divide our vote so that you can never win. No, we're not interested in that. No, we have tremendous uh, 
Mr. McLaughlin just gave me numbers that nobody's ever heard of before. More popular than anybody. That's all of us. That's all of us. Those are great numbers, and I want to thank you very much. Those are incredible numbers. I came here, and he was giving me 95%, 97%, 92%. I said, they're great, and I want to thank everybody in this room and everybody all throughout the country, throughout the world, if you want to really know the truth. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. We will be united and strong like never before. We will save and strengthen America, and we will fight the onslaught of radicalism, socialism, and indeed, it all leads to communism once and for all. That's what it leads to. You'll be hearing more and more about that as we go along, but that's what it leads to. You know that. We all knew that the Biden administration was going to be bad, but none of us even imagined just how bad they would be and how far left they would go. He never talked about this. We would have those wonderful debates. He would never talk about this. We didn't know what the hell he was talking about, actually. <laughs> His campaign was all lies. Talked about energy. I thought, I said, you know, this guy actually, he's okay Did with you energy. Lose he wasn't audio, okay Mr. with C. energy. Wants to put you all out of business. He's not okay with energy. He wants windmills. Thanks, the windmills. Oh. The windmills that don't work when you need them. Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. That's true. Already the Biden administration has proven that they are anti-jobs, anti-family, anti-borders, anti-energy, anti-women, and anti-science. In just one short month, we have gone from America first to America last. You think about it, right? America last. There is no better example than the new and horrible crisis on our southern border. We did such a good job. It was all work. Nobody's ever seen anything like we did. And now he wants it all to go to hell. When I left office just six weeks ago, we had created the most secure border in U.S. history. We had built almost 500 miles of great border wall that helped us with these numbers because once it's up, you know, they used to say a wall doesn't work well. You know what I've always said? Walls and wheels. Those are two things that will never change. The wall has been amazing. It's been incredible and little sections of it to complete. They don't want to complete it. They don't want to complete little sections in certain little areas. They don't want to complete. but. It's had an impact that nobody would have even believed. It's amazing considering that the Democrats' number one priority was to make sure that the wall would never, ever get built, would never, ever happen, would never get financed. We got it financed. We ended catch and release, ended asylum fraud, and brought illegal crossings to historic lows. When illegal aliens trespass across our borders, they were promptly caught, detained, and sent back home. And these were some rough customers, I want to tell you, some rough customers were entering our country. It took the new administration only a few weeks to turn this unprecedented accomplishment into a self-inflicted humanitarian and national security disaster. By recklessly eliminating our border, security measures, 
controls, all of the things that we put into place. Joe Biden has triggered a massive flood of illegal immigration into our country, the likes of which we have never seen before. They're coming up by the tens of thousands. They're all coming to take advantage of the things that he said that's luring everybody to come to America. And we're one country. We can't afford the problems of the world as much as we'd love to. We'd love to help, but we can't do that. So they're all coming because of promises and foolish words. Perhaps worst of all, Joe Biden's decision to cancel border security has single-handedly launched a youth migrant crisis that is enriching child smugglers, vicious criminal cartels, and some of the most evil people on the planet. You see it every day. Just turn on the news. You'll see it every day. Under my administration, we stopped the child smugglers. We dismantled the criminal cartels. We greatly limited drug and human trafficking to a level that nobody actually thought was possible. And the wall helped us a lot. And we protected vulnerable people from the ravages of dangerous predators. And that's what they are, dangerous, dangerous predators. But the Biden administration has put the vile coyotes back in business, and it has done so in a very, very big way. Under the new administration, catch and release has been restored. Can you imagine? We work so hard. Catch, you know what that is. You catch them, you take their name. They may be killers, they may be rapists, they may be drug smugglers. You take their name and you release them into our country. We did the opposite. We not only didn't release them, we had them brought back to their country. Illegal immigrants are now being apprehended and released along the entire southern border, just the opposite of what it was two months ago. They weren't coming because they couldn't get in. Once they think they can get in, they're coming, and they are coming at levels that you haven't even seen yet. By the hundreds of thousands, by the millions, they'll be coming. The Biden administration is now actively expediting the admission of illegal migrants, enabling them to lodge frivolous asylum claims and admitting them by the thousands and thousands and thousands a day crowded together in unsanitary conditions despite the ongoing economic and public health crisis, COVID-19, or as I call it, the China virus. There's no masks. There's no double masks. That was a new one that came out two weeks ago. First Fauci said, you don't need masks, no masks, no good, no, no. Then all of a sudden he wanted me. Now he wants double masks. No social distancing, no nothing, no nothing. They're together, and it's sad, actually, and it's sad for them, and it's sad for our country. What the Biden administration is doing to push young migrants into the hands of human traffickers and coyotes is dangerous, immoral, and indefensible. Hard to believe it's happening. Biden has failed in his number one duty as chief executive, enforcing America's laws. This alone should be reason enough for Democrats to miss withering losses in the midterms and to lose the White House decisively four years from now.
Actually, as you know, they just lost the White House, but uh, it's one of those things. But who knows? Who knows? I may even decide to beat them for a third time, okay? Beat for a third time. Joe Biden defunded the border wall and stopped all future construction, even on small open sections that just needed to be finished up. Routine little work, it's already been bought. Wait till the contractors get to them and they say, no, it costs us much more money not to finish the small section than if we finished it. That's going to be nice. Wait till you see those bills start pouring in. He revoked the executive order cracking down on deadly sanctuary cities. He has effectively ordered a shutdown of ICE, halting virtually all deportations. Everyone, murderers, everybody, no more. Let's not deport people. And restricting our law enforcement professionals, and they are great professionals, yet many of them represent here today, from conducting almost any immigration enforcement of any kind. The Biden policy of releasing criminals into the U.S. interior is making America into a sanctuary nation where criminals, illegal immigrants, including gang members and sex offenders, are set free into American communities. They have no idea who's coming up. And remember with the caravans, these countries, not only the three of them, but many, many countries all over the world, they're not giving us their best and their finest because they're intelligent. They're not giving us their best and their finest. Remember I said that. I said that a long time ago when I made the first remarks, when I came down the escalator with our great future first lady, who says hello, who loves you as much as I love you. But I said that a long time ago and we turned out to be 100% correct. Biden's radical immigration policies aren't just illegal. They're immoral, they're heartless, and they are a betrayal of our nation's core values. It's a terrible thing that's happening. The Republican Party must hold Joe Biden and the Democrats accountable. They ripped up the diplomatic agreements we negotiated with Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador to shut down illegal immigration. You know, they got a fortune. They got paid $500 million a year. When I came into office, those countries were refusing to take back illegal alien gang members, including MS-13, the most vicious, probably of them all. No matter where you go in the world, MS-13, they do things that even the worst don't think about. So I asked, how much do we pay these countries? How much do we pay them? Sir. We pay them approximately $500 million a year. It's a lot of money. 
I mean, it's peanuts compared to the way other countries rip us off, but that's a lot of money. I said, okay, we aren't going to pay them anymore because they wouldn't take back the criminals. And this was true with the Obama administration. It was true for many, many years. So we'd catch a murderer, we'd want to bring him back to Guatemala, Honduras, Salvador. They wouldn't take him back. No, we don't want him. We'd fly him in, they wouldn't let the plane land. We'd bus him in, they wouldn't let the buses get anywhere near the border. And I said, we're not going to pay him anymore. So after I said that, and I stopped payment, you know, like a term that we use in the world of business, let's stop payment. So we stopped payment. They were delinquent. We stopped payment. And they very quickly came to the table and we made a deal, very quick deal. We still kept the money. We still didn't pay because... <laughs> oh, we made a deal. <laughs> and when illegal aliens came across our border, they were rapidly deported and lovingly accepted by those countries from where they came. And it worked out great. So now they accept the people. And then we ultimately got along very well with those countries, those three countries, and many countries throughout the world because they respected us again. They didn't respect us. They couldn't believe what they were getting away with. But now Joe Biden has wrecked this great deal, wrecked it. And they're already doing what they were doing before, and they're taking the money. And that's just a small portion of what's going on. To top it all off, the Biden people are pushing a bill that would grant mass amnesty for millions of illegal aliens while massively expanding chain migration. That's where you come in and everybody comes in, your grandmother, your father, your mother, your brother, your cousins. They come in so easily, so, so crazy, so crazy. It even requires that the U.S. government provide illegal border crossers with taxable funded lawyers, lawyers. Anybody need a good lawyer? You can't have one. They get the lawyers, they get lawyers. They're probably very good too. The Democrat immigration bill is a globalist corporate. You take a look at the corporatists. Big tech attack on hardworking citizens of every race, religion, color, and creed. And Republicans must ensure that it never is allowed to become federal law, which is what they want to do. We must stand tall in the party. We have to do this. We have to stand tall as the party for law-abiding Americans and others when they're in our country. Border security is just one of the many issues on which the new administration has already betrayed the American people. He didn't talk about this stuff. I debated him. He wasn't talking about this. He wasn't what he signed with those executive orders. They weren't things that were discussed. We didn't know all about him and the press, because they're fake news, they're the biggest fakers there are, but the press refused to ask the questions, and when I asked the questions on television, on the debate, Chris Wallace in this case and others refused to let him answer. They refused to let him answer the questions. Maybe we could have found something, or if the media did its job, which they don't. Their callous indifference to working families is equally clear when it comes to the critical matter of getting America's children back to school. 
And they must get back and get back right now. Right now. Crazy. Terrible. Terrible. The Biden administration is actually bragging about the classroom education they are providing to migrant children on the border, while at the same time, millions of American children are having their futures destroyed by Joe Biden's anti-science school closures. Think of it. We're educating students on the border, but our own people, children of our citizens, citizens themselves, are not getting the education that they deserve. There's no reason whatsoever why the vast majority of young Americans should not be back in school immediately. The only reason that most parents do not have that choice is because Joe Biden sold out America's children to the teachers' unions. His position is morally inexcusable, you know that. Joe Biden has shamefully betrayed America's youth, and he is cruelly keeping our children locked in their homes. No reason for it whatsoever. They want to get out. They're cheating the next generations of Americans out of the future that they deserve, and they do deserve this future. They're going to grow up, and they're going to have a scar. It's a scandal of the highest order and one of the most craven acts by any president in our lifetimes. It's the teachers' union, it's the votes, and it shouldn't happen. And I have, nobody has more respect for teachers than I do. And I'll bet you a lot of the people within that union, they agree with everything I'm saying. Even the New York Times is calling out the Democrats. The mental and physical health of these young people is reaching a breaking point Tragically, suicide attempts have skyrocketed, and student depression is now commonplace and at levels that we've never seen before. The Democrats now say we have to pass their $1.9 trillion boondoggle to open <coughs> schools, but a very small part of it has to do with that. You know where it's going. It's going to bail out badly run Democrat cities, so much of it. But billions of dollars for schools remain unspent from the COVID relief bills that were passed last year. So on behalf of the moms, dads, and children of America, I call on Joe Biden to get the schools open and get them open now. It's a great thing to do. When I left office, and we're very proud of this, because this was something that they said could not be done. The FDA said it. Everybody said it. Any article you read said it. Couldn't be done. It would be years and years. I handed the new administration what everyone is now calling a modern-day medical miracle. Some say it's the greatest thing to happen in hundreds of years, hundreds of years. Two vaccines produced in record time with numerous others on the way, including the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that was approved just yesterday. And therapeutic relief also, if you're sick. If you're sick, we have things now that are incredible, what has taken place over the last year under our administration. It would have taken 
any other president at least five years, and we got it done in nine months. Everyone says five years, five years. Can you imagine if you had to go through what all of the countries of the world who are now getting the vaccine or soon will be getting it from various companies, but can you imagine if all of those countries had to go through what they've been going through over the last year, you'd lose hundreds of millions of people. I pushed the FDA like they have never been pushed before. They told me that loud and clear. They have never been pushed like I pushed them. I didn't like them at all. But once we got it done, I said, I now love you very much. What the Trump administration has done with vaccines has, in many respects, perhaps saved large portions of the world, not only our country, but large portions of the world. Not only did we push the FDA far beyond what the bureaucrats wanted to do, we also put up billions and billions of dollars, 10 billion, to produce the vaccines before we knew they were going to work. It was called a calculated bet or a calculated risk. We took a risk because if we didn't do that, you still wouldn't have the vaccines. You wouldn't have them for a long time. So think of that. We took this this bet. We made a bet because we thought we were on a certain track. But you'd be starting to make them right now. It would be a long time before you ever saw them. It takes 60 to 100 days to manufacture and inspect new doses. And that means that 100% of the increased availability that we have now was initiated by our administration, 100%. In fact, the director of National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins, he's Fauci's boss, actually. I think he's a Democrat, too, by the way, recently said that our Operation Warp Speed was absolutely breathtaking and that the Trump administration deserves full credit, which we do. And as conservatives and Republicans, never forget that we did it. Never let them take the credit because they don't deserve the credit. They just followed now, they're following our plan, but this has been something that they really call, they call it a, an absolute miracle. Joe Biden is only implementing the plan that we put in place. And if we had an honest media, which we don't, they would say it loud and clear. By the time I left that magnificent house at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, almost 20 million Americans had already been vaccinated. 1.5 million doses were administered on my final day alone. 1.5 million in a day. Yet Biden said just a few days ago that when he got here, meaning the White House, there was no vaccine. He said, there's no vaccine. Oh, good. Say it again, Joe. Now, I don't think he said that, <laughs> frankly, in a malicious way. I really don't. I actually believe he said that because he didn't really know what the hell was happening. But, <laughs> never let them forget this was us. We did this, and the distribution 
is moving along according to our plan, and it's moving along really well. Uh, we had the military, what they've done, our generals and all of the people, what they've done is incredible. But remember, you know, we took care of a lot of people, including, I guess, on December 21st, we took care of Joe Biden because he got his shot. He got his vaccine. He forgot. It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. He forgot. So it wasn't very traumatic, obviously, but he got a shot. And it's good that he got a shot. Last year, I predicted to you that the extremism, corruption, and incompetence of the Biden administration would be literally unprecedented in American history. Unfortunately, he has proven me 100% right. Already, as president, Biden has urged Congress to pass legislation shredding your Second Amendment. Your Second Amendment is in far bigger trouble than you know. And for four years, I fought like hell to save your Second Amendment. And we saved it 100%. We saved it. He signed an order to conduct politically correct far-left indoctrination trainings in every department of the federal government, including the U.S. military after I had terminated these horrible things that were being preached to our military. And he wants it to go forward. It's insane. Within his first few hours, Biden eliminated our national security travel bans on nations plagued by terrorism. His first priority was to open our borders to unvetted travelers from Libya, Yemen, Syria, Somalia, and many other countries where strict vetting cannot occur. Countries that have tremendous problems, countries with tremendous terrorism problems. We did a travel ban. It was a real achievement. We told those countries, sorry, straighten out your act. We don't want people coming in where they had an ideology or a problem. We just couldn't have it. And it was incredible how it worked was incredible. And he terminated it. We had to get it approved. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. We got it approved and he terminates it. In addition, he's already increased refugee admissions by nearly 10 times, but in effect, it'll soon be hundreds of times as millions of people flow up through our soon to be open borders. And by the way, the Border Patrol and ICs are some of the great heroes of our country. These are incredible people. I got to know them very well. Your family still cannot go out to eat at local restaurants, but Joe Biden is bringing in thousands upon thousands of refugees from all over the world, people that nobody knows anything about. We don't have crime records. We don't have health records. What are they bringing in with them? When I left office, we had virtually ended the endless wars. These endless wars, they go on forever. They go on forever. I would go to Dover and I would see caskets, coffins coming in. I'd see the parents and the wives and the husbands. I would see the kids. Endless wars, 19 years in Afghanistan. We have it down to almost nothing left. And I hear they might want to go back in. Uh, Iraq. Remember, I used to say, don't go in. But if you're going to go in, keep the oil. Well, we went in and we didn't keep the oil. We had made historic peace deals in the Middle East. 
like nobody thought were even possible. With not a drop of bloodshed. And by the way, not one American soldier has been killed in Afghanistan in over a year. Think of that. Not one. Those troops have largely come home. At the same time, the new administration unilaterally withdrew our crippling sanctions on Iran, foolishly giving away all of America's leverage before negotiations have even begun. Leave the sanctions, negotiate. Does anybody understand what I'm saying here? Are there any good business people? You don't have to be a good, are there any bad business people? They took off the sanctions. They took off the sanctions. They said, well, we're going to not have any sanctions. Let's negotiate a deal. I don't know, Matt Schlapp. I don't think you would have done that. Do you think so, Matt? I don't think so. Mercedes wouldn't have. No, you do that. You make a deal and then you do what they wanted. I, I will tell you something, and I said it. Uh, had we had a fair election, the results would have been much different. And we would have had a deal. We would have had a deal with Iran within the first week. They wanted those sanctions off. You took them off for nothing, for nothing. Now you watch how tough they negotiate. In another horrendous surrender, he agreed to get back into the World Health Organization for approximately $500 million a year, which is what we were paying. When I withdrew from the WHO, and you know the whole story with that, they called it badly. They really are puppets for China. They called and they wanted us to stay in. I said, how much are we paying? Approximately $500 million. How much is China paying? A much larger in terms of population country. Sir, they're paying $39 million. I said, why are we paying $500 million and they're paying $39? I could tell you why. Because the people that made the deal are stupid. That's why. So, so, and I had no idea how popular it was. I didn't even know if I would be able to politically because people were so happy when I did get out. But I said, so we went in, we could get it for 39 million, which is what China, not 500 million, which is what we were stupidly paying. And they said, we can make a deal. We want you to go in. We can make a deal. Okay. And I did. I decided not to do it. We could have had it for 39. We could have had it for the same as China. And they decide now to go back into the World Health Organization and pay 500 million. What the hell is wrong with them? No, no. This is just... This is just emblematic. It's a tremendous amount of money, but compared to trillions, it's not, but it's a tremendous amount of money. Why would China pay 39 million and we're paying almost 500 million? Why? So we could have made the same deal that China had, 39 million, and they just say, we're going back in. We're going back into the World Health Organization. They go back in, they pay 500. It is so sad. Just like the Iran and... The World Health Organization, Joe Biden, put the United States back into the very unfair and very costly Paris Climate Accord without negotiating a better deal. They wanted us so badly back in. 
I'll tell you, they wanted us. I was getting called from all of the countries. You must come back into the Paris Accord. I said, tell me why. Give me one good reason. First of all, China doesn't kick in for 10 years. Russia goes by an old standard, which was not a clean standard, and other countries. But we get hit right from the beginning. It would have cost us hundreds of thousands and millions of jobs. It was a disaster. But they go back in. I could have made an unbelievable deal and gone back in, but I didn't want to do that. Surrendering millions of jobs and trillions of dollars to all of these other countries, almost all of them, that were in the deal. So they have favorable treatment. We don't have favorable treatment. And we just said, we're going back in. To go back in, they wanted us so badly. You could have negotiated. If you wanted to go back in, which, frankly, we have the cleanest air, the cleanest water, and everything else that we've ever had. So I don't know why we have to. And what good does it do when we're clean, but China's not, and Russia's not, and India's not, so they're pouring fumes. You know, the world is actually a small piece of the universe, right? They're pouring fumes, and we're trying to protect everything and building products for three times more than is necessary. No, they could have made a great deal. If they were going to go back in, that's fine. But they could have made a great deal instead of just saying, we're back in. These people. And in one of his... First official acts, which was incredible because, again, he talked about energy. He never said he was going to do this. He canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, destroying not the 8,000 or the 9,000 or the 11,000 jobs that you hear, but 42,000 great paying jobs on just about day one, right? He never talked about that during a debate. Because he wouldn't have gotten away with it. Well, he would have, because they cheated so much, it probably wouldn't have done. No, but that was not a topic of conversation, remember? Fracking, you can frack. Oh, we love fracking. During the primary, no fracking. As soon as he got through that, he said, no, of course, everybody can frack. No fracking. You wait till you see what happens with your gasoline. Wait till you see what happens. And we cannot let this stuff continue to go on. One of my proudest accomplishments as president was to make America energy independent. The United States became the number one energy superpower on Earth. Number one. <laughs> became number one. Bigger than Saudi Arabia, bigger than Russia by a lot. We left them all in the dust. They were all in the dust. But if the Democrats have their way, we are heading from energy dominance to energy disaster. That's what's happening. You have to see what's going on. Everything's being closed up. It's a disaster. The blackouts we saw in California last summer and all the time, and the windmill calamity that we're witnessing in Texas, great state of Texas. We love Texas. But it's so sad when you look at it. That'll just be the start. How bad is wind power? So I talk about it all the time at CPAC, right? We went to CPAC, remember last? I said, we're going to watch the president. Well, uh, Alice, uh, the wind isn't blowing. I don't believe we'll have any electricity. Remember, we would, we would kid, but I wasn't actually kidding. It's such, an it's such an expensive form of energy. It's so bad for the environment. It kills the birds. It destroys the landscapes. And remember, these are structural columns with fans on them. They wear out, and when they wear out all over the country, you see them, nobody takes them down. They're rotting, they're rusting. How this is environmentally good for our country, 
And it costs many, many times more than natural gas, which is clean. It costs many more and can fuel our great factories. Wind can't do that. And and uh, solar, I love solar, but it doesn't have the capacity to do what we have to do to make America great again. Sorry, it just doesn't have it. <laughs> Under the radical Democrat policies, the price of gasoline has already surged 30% since the election and will go to $5, $6, $7, and even higher. So enjoy that when you go to the pump and they'll say, that'll be about uh, $200 to fill up your van. You'll go to the, remember they used to go to the little small vans that got away from the big ones that everybody wanted. They went to the small ones. Well, you know what? Probably a good investment as long as these guys have their say, because, you know, it's a, it's a shame what's happening. Energy prices are going to go through the roof. And that includes your electric bills. That includes any bill having to do with energy, our biggest cost. We will now be relying on Russia and the Middle East for oil. And they talk about Russia, Russia, Russia. What's better than what this guy's done for Russia? I had oil where they were actually paying you to take it, okay? You know, that was a little... Remember, they were going to give you 37 a barrel, but got to take it away. Get free oil almost for a period of time. And one way I was proud of it, but we also had to save the energy industry and it worked out well. And I dealt with Russia and Saudi Arabia and they cut back on production and we got it back up. But now it's going the opposite because now they're taking this incredible energy independence away from the people of our country. And you're going to see costs go like you have never seen them go before. It's a very sad and very stupid thing that they're doing. The Biden policies are a massive win for other oil producing countries and a massive loss for the United States and our great citizens. Joe Biden and the Democrats are even pushing policies that would destroy women's sports. A lot of new records are being broken in women's sports. Hate to say that, ladies, but a lot of new records. They're being shattered. You know, for years, the weightlifting Every ounce is like a big deal for many years. All of a sudden, somebody comes along and beats it by a hundred pounds. Boom, boom. Now, young girls and women are incensed that they are now being forced to compete against those who are biological males. It's not good for women. It's not good for women's sports, which worked so long and so hard to get to where they are. The records that stood for years, even decades, are now being smashed with ease. Smashed. If this is not changed, women's sports, as we know it, will die. They'll end. It'll end. What coach, if I'm a coach, you know, I want to be a great coach. What coach, as an example, wants to recruit a young woman to compete if her record can easily be broken by somebody who was born a man? Not too many of those coaches around, right? They are around. They won't be around long because they're going to have a big problem when the record is, we're 0 and 16, but we're getting better. No, I think it's crazy. I think it's just crazy what's happening. We must protect the integrity of women's sports. So important. After. And I don't even know, is that controversial? You know, somebody said, well, that's going to be very controversial. I said, that's okay. You haven't heard anything yet.
As you can see, the early weeks of the Biden administration have nothing less than they've been a catastrophe for American workers and for American families. The task of our mission and for us, it's our movement. As I said, a movement like has never been seen. I think we can probably say never been seen anywhere in the world. I mean, nobody's ever seen a movement like this. I, I'd grow up and I'd watch somebody who came in second in New Hampshire, or first in Iowa, and that was the end, and they became famous for the rest of their lives. We won the election twice. I mean, you know, think about it. Twice. The task for our movement and our party is to stand up to this destructive agenda with confidence and with resolve. The future of the Republican Party is as a party that defends the social, economic, and cultural interests and values of working American families of every race, color, and creed. That's why the party is growing so rapidly and is becoming a different party. And it's becoming a party of love. You have to see outside the streets. I mean, there's such love. The flags. Amazing. a party that's incredible, the people, the spirit. And there are, as you probably heard a little while ago, I mean, there's more spirit now than there's ever been, including even before the election. More spirit now than we've ever seen because people are seeing how bad it can be. And again, I want to thank Rush and Catherine because uh, what he did to get the word out has been incredible. Some people are irreplaceable, as Sean Hannity would say, and he said, Rush is irreplaceable. But his spirit lives on, and that's uh, something that we need and we love. Republicans believe that the needs of every citizen must come first. In fact, America must come first. We don't put it first. They don't put it first. Over the past four years, my administration delivered for Americans of all backgrounds like never before. Like never before. We built the strongest economy in the history of the world raised wages and achieved the lowest African-American, Hispanic-American, and Asian-American unemployment rates ever, ever, ever recorded. It was so great for everybody of all backgrounds that even after the China virus, we are leading the world. Nobody's even close. We're leading it in the comeback. Our economic comeback has been Incredible. That's because the financial and economic foundation we built was so strong that unlike other countries who are having a hard time, we didn't break. We came roaring back and now our stock market and your 401ks are again at record levels, higher than ever before, actually. Many people have asked. Their party is based upon unvarnished disdain for America, its past, and its people. You see that happening. It's horrible the way they treat the legacy of our country, the culture of our country. Our party is based on love for America and the belief that this is an exceptional nation blessed by God.
We take great pride in our country. We teach the truth about history. We celebrate our rich heritage and national traditions. We honor George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and all national heroes. And of course, we respect our great American flag. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So nice. I started that hearing, we really were we're getting word of that, hearing that during some of the rallies, especially the latter rallies where we set records. We had 56 unbelievable packed rallies and nobody's ever had anything like we had. And we started hearing, we love you. And I asked somebody, you know, cause we really liked Ronald Reagan, right? He was a great president. We had others. But I said, did anybody ever say that to Ronald Reagan or to any of our great, and to the best of, all of these political professionals knowledge and pollsters nobody's ever heard that yet before Matt. so it's an honor it's believe me it's an honor it's a great honor that's a great honor you know when you think about we love you you're saying that about i hate to say it am i a politician i don't know maybe i'm a politician i hate to i hate to admit it but that's really it's an honor that you would say it. we believe in patriotic education and strongly oppose the radical indoctrination of America's youth. It's horrible. We are committed to defending innocent life and to upholding the Judeo-Christian values of our founders and of our founding. We embrace free thought, we stand up to political correctness, and we reject left-wing lunacy, and in particular, we reject cancel culture. We know that the rule of law is the ultimate safeguard. And we affirm that the Constitution means exactly what it says, as written, as written. They want to change it. They want to change it. They want to get rid of it, frankly. We believe in law and order, and we believe that the men and women of law enforcement are heroes who truly deserve our absolute support. We don't defund the police. We are not defunding the police. We believe in standing up to China, shutting down outsourcing, bringing back our factories and supply chains, and ensuring that America, not China, dominates the future of the world. That's what's going to happen. And by the way, we took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China. 
During my administration, hundreds of, they never gave us 10 cents. It was a one-way street. We took in hundreds of billions. And during negotiations, they would say, look, the one thing, we don't want any more of these tariffs, these tariffs. Those tariffs, we took in so much money. And what happened is they became competitive. So what happened with people, they wouldn't go to China. They'd build a lot of it back in our country. They would make it here instead. And in addition to that, we would take it in billions and billions and billions of dollars from China. But in all fairness to China, they we made a trade deal with them. This was prior to COVID. Once COVID happened, I no longer cared so much about the trade deal because what happened with that was just disgraceful. But that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons that right now our farmers are doing so good. I used to tell China, look, look, go and get a lot of wheat, get a lot of different things, all of the things we just talked about. You better go out and do it because this country has not been treated fairly by you for many, many years, many, many years. We used to lose $504 billion trade deficit with China. 504, not million, $504 million a lot, right? You know that through the World Health Organization. <laughs> now take 504 million, make it $504 billion. We had deficits with China. It was absolutely insane that this could keep going on. It's, it's amazing that you still have a country left. The people that did this to our country, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed of themselves. Companies that leave America to create jobs in China and other countries that have ripped us off for years should not be rewarded. They should be tariffed, fined, and punished. They should not be rewarded. And that's what uh, the Biden administration, that's what the Biden administration is doing. But of course, as you know, they have a very close personal relationship with China. So I don't, I don't expect much to happen. It's a shame because it really is a threat. It's a tremendous economic threat. And thank God we've rebuilt our military. But it's a tremendous economic threat. Never forget it. These are the convictions that define our movement today and must define the Republican Party in the years ahead. Very simple. It's really quite simple, isn't it? Another one of the most urgent issues facing the Republican Party is that of ensuring fair, honest, and secure elections. Such a disgrace, such a disgrace. Such a disgrace. We must pass comprehensive election reforms, and we must do it now. The Democrats used the China virus as an excuse to change all of the election rules without the approval of their state legislatures, making it therefore illegal. It had a massive impact on the election. Again, you have to go to the legislatures to get these approvals. This alone would have easily changed the outcome of the election at levels that you wouldn't have even believed. Even with COVID, even with all of the things, the numbers are staggering. We can never let this or other abuses of the 2020 election be repeated or happen again. Can never let that happen again. You see what's going on. We've been set back so greatly with other countries and with the world. We need 
election integrity and election reform immediately. Republicans should be the party of honest elections that can give everyone confidence in the future of our country. Without honest elections, who has confidence? Who has confidence? This issue is being studied and examined, but the reality is you cannot have a situation where ballots are indiscriminately pouring in from all over the country, tens of millions of ballots. Where are they coming from? They're coming all over the place. Where illegal aliens and dead people are voting and many other horrible things are happening that are too voluminous to even mention. But people know, I mean, it's being studied and the level of dishonesty is not to be believed. We have a very sick and corrupt electoral process that must be fixed immediately. This election was rigged, and the Supreme Court and other courts didn't want to do anything about it. take that one element where they didn't go through legislatures. It's illegal. You can't do it. It's in the Constitution. They didn't have the courage, the Supreme Court. They didn't have the courage to act, but instead used process and lack of standing. I was told the President of the United States has no standing. It's my election. It's your election. We have no standing. We had almost 20, if you think of it, we had almost 20 states go into the Supreme Court so that we didn't have a standing problem. They rejected it. They rejected it. They should be ashamed of themselves for what they've done to our country. They didn't have the guts or the courage to make the right decision. They didn't want to talk about it. You had the case led by the great state of Texas. 18 states went in. You don't have standing. Oh, let's not talk about it. They didn't have the guts to do what should be done. And that's on top of all of the other forms of cheating, but this is the most basic of all. They would have local courts and local politicians change the rules, in some cases a day or two before the election. This should never be allowed to happen to another presidential candidate or presidential race should never be allowed to happen. Today, I want to outline the steps that we must take to have an election system in this country that is honest, fair, and accurate. We need one election day, not 45, 30. one day, like it's been. And if Republicans don't get this and the other things I'm going to say, then you should, like the Supreme Court, be ashamed of yourselves. One day, one day, and the only people that should be allowed to vote by mail are people that can be proven to be either very sick or out of the country or military where they can't do it. One day, they have 
millions and millions of ballots sitting around all over the place for long periods of time. Gee, I wonder what happens with those ballots. I wonder what happens. It's common sense. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. There should be a legitimate reason for someone to vote absentee. Has to have a reason. We should eliminate the insanity of mass and very corrupt mail-in voting. We must have voter ID. Voter ID. You know, to get into the Democrat National Convention, when they had the convention, you needed voter ID. You needed an ID card. You couldn't get in unless you had an ID. So many people told me, you can't get in that place, you need ID. Nobody had ID. You need voter ID, they know that. This is a con job. They're conning everybody, they know that. They know the wall was good. They knew the wall would work, but they didn't want to have it because we wanted it. I made one big mistake in the wall. I should have said, we will not have a wall. And then they would have said, let's build a wall. I made a big mistake. I made a big mistake. I'm sorry. Took us a year and a half extra because of that mistake. We will not have a wall. We need a wall immediately, said Chuck Schumer. We need universal signature matching. They want to pass a bill where you don't have to match signatures, where signatures don't mean anything. Now, they know it's all, just like with the wall, just like with voter ID, when you need to go into anything that's Democrat-run, you need it. But for voting, which is our most sacred institution, uh, you don't, they don't want to let you have it. There should be a 100% requirement to verify the citizenship of every person who votes. And there must be a chain of custody protections for every ballot. Every ballot. And you saw what happened in Detroit and Philadelphia and many other places, swing states mostly, all over, but swing states mostly. You saw what happened. You saw what was going on. You saw that more people you take a look at the votes. When you have more votes than you have people, that's a problem, right? Is that a problem? You know, we have a little problem adjusting in Detroit and various other places, but there's, there's tremendous, never like this, because they use COVID as a way of cheating. That's what happened, and everybody knows it. Hundreds of thousands and millions of ballots. They used it as a way of getting what they've wanted for many years, and the Republicans have to do something about it. They better do something about it. Our election process is worse than that, in many cases, of a third world country. You know that. You saw what was going on. Even if you consider nothing else, it is undeniable that election rules were illegally changed at the last minute in almost every swing state with the procedures rewritten by local politicians. You're not allowed to do that. And local judges, they want more time, they want this, they want that, all done by local politicians or local judges, as opposed to state legislatures as required by the Constitution of the United States. And these are numbers that are massive. These aren't little numbers. These are numbers that in each state is a transformative number. It changes the outcome of the election. And it's not close. 
Regardless of your political views, this should concern you as a constitutional matter. And the Supreme Court, again, didn't have the guts or the courage to do anything about it. And neither did other judges. And Democrats even admitted in Time magazine, which is, I would say, on the liberal side, that they couldn't, they just couldn't hold it in. They had to brag about it because what they did, they had to brag about it. They couldn't do it. You got to read the story. It's a disaster. It's a disaster for our country that we can allow something so corrupt to happen. Read that article. I really encourage you. You read that article. Yet all of the election integrity measures in the world will mean nothing if we don't have free speech. And that's where we're at now. If Republicans can be censored for speaking the truth and calling out corruption, we will not have democracy and we will have only left-wing tyranny. And we can do this. We can do this. We're smarter than they are. We're tougher than they are. For some reason, we just don't. We don't get it done. We let them attack our businesses and we don't attack their businesses. I believe your numbers are bigger than their numbers, but you're nicer than they are. You're not as vicious as they are. In the past, we would debate. I would have it. I'd debate. You've seen me for many years. They throw something. I debate. They debate. Who knows who wins? You know, people go, they vote, they see what happens. But they would have an idea. They would disagree. The public would hear it. The debate and discourse would take place. And then somebody would make a decision. You would win. You would lose. The public would make up its mind, but now there is no debate because they refuse to allow our side to even speak or be heard. They don't want debate because we have easy victories in a debate, very easy victories. It's called common sense. It's called other things, but it's called common sense. So they don't want to debate. The time has come to break up big tech monopolies and restore fair competition. Republicans, conservatives must open up our platforms and repeal Section 230 liability protections. And if the federal government refuses to act, then every state in the union where we have the votes, which is a lot of them, big tech giants like Twitter, Google, and Facebook should be punished with major sanctions whenever they silence conservative voices. And Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and in Texas and in other states are doing this. If they do what they're doing, Florida and that legislation will pass. And Texas and others will have tremendous power to do what's right and what's fair. We have no time to waste. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in Congress are racing to pass a flagrantly, flagrantly unconstitutional attack on the First Amendment and the integrity of our elections known as H.R. 1. Do you know what H.R. 1 is? It's a disaster. Their bill would drastically restrict political speech, empower the federal government to shut down dissent, and turn the Federal Election Commission into a partisan political weapon. In addition, it virtually eliminates voter ID requirements nationwide 
effectively ends all registration deadlines. Can you believe this? Requires states to give ballots to felons, automatically registers every welfare recipient to vote, and puts unaccountable, unelected bureaucrats in charge of drawing congressional districts. That's going to be a lot of fun. This monster must be stopped. It cannot be allowed to pass. Now more than ever is the time for tough, strong, and energetic Republican leaders who have spines of steel. We need strong leadership. We cannot have leaders who show more passion for condemning their fellow Americans than they have ever shown for standing up to Democrats, the media, and the radicals who want to turn America into a socialist country. Instead of attacking me, and more importantly, the voters of our movement, top establishment Republicans in Washington should be spending their energy in opposing Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and the Democrats. I've said to some of them, I said, you know, during the Obama years and now during Biden, if you spent the same energy on attacking them, you'd actually be successful as you do on attacking me in many cases. The Democrats don't have grandstanders like Mitt Romney, Little Ben Sass, Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Pat Toomey. And in the House, Tom Rice, South Carolina, Adam Kinzinger, Dan Newhouse, Anthony Gonzalez, that's another beauty. Fred Upton, Jamie Herrera Butler, Peter Meyer, John Katko, David Valadeo, and of course the warmonger, a person that loves seeing our troops fighting, Liz Cheney. How about that? The good news is in her state, she's been censured, and in her state, her poll numbers have dropped faster than any human being I've ever seen. So hopefully they'll get rid of her with the next election. Alrighty, sir. Get rid of them all. Democrats are back, vicious. Remember this, it's true. Sounds Democrats good, sounds good. Democrats are vicious, he said Thank evil. You. Well, there is evil there. Sorry about that, too. We will see you tonight. Democrats are vicious, he said evil. Well, there is evil there. But they're vicious, they're smart, and they do one thing. Got to hand it to them. They always stick together. You don't have Mitt Romney's in the group. They always stick together. Fortunately, for the Republican Party, the Democrats have horrible policies like open borders, sanctuary cities, defunding the police, and the ridiculous, totally ridiculous, Green New Deal. So. They stick together, they're smart, they're vicious, they got everything going, but their policies are no good. So hence, we have, congratulations, the Republican Party. After this, they may not stick with those policies. We have to be careful. No, their policies are horrible. Think of it. Defund the police. How did that work out? But if Republicans do not stick together, the rhinos that we're surrounded with, 
will destroy the Republican Party and the American worker and will destroy our country itself. The rhinos, you know, Republican in name only. But the Republican Party is united. The only division is between a handful of Washington, D.C. establishment, political hacks, and everybody else all over the country. I think we have tremendous unity. When you look at the crowds outside that want your seat so badly, they will take your seat in two seconds. They want your seat. Congratulations. Congratulations on getting in, by the way. I'm very proud. And that's why I'm announcing that I will be actively working to elect strong, tough, and smart Republican leaders. Jim Jordan did a great job, right? I heard that from Mark Meadows. I heard it. Oh, there he is. Look at that. Hi, Jim. I heard you were great. In fact, I hated to follow you. I want to follow other people. I could name them, too. I like to follow other people. I heard you were great. Thank you, Jim, very much. Jim Jordan. Great, great athlete. People don't know he was a great wrestler. Tremendous numbers of victories. The NC, he was a champion. He was college champion for a long period of time. He's a, a winner and a leader, and he doesn't play games. He likes to win. He likes to win. And we have a lot of people in our party that like to win, Jim, right? But I heard you were great. Thank you very much. But we want Republican leaders who are loyal to the voters and who will work proudly for the vision that I've laid out today. What is it so simple? Right? So simple. Military, law and order, great trade deals, great education. So simple. I don't... Does anybody get it? What are they doing? Does anybody get it? It has just been stated that President Trump's endorsement is the most powerful asset in politics. you believe that? Who would have thought that was going to happen? Who would have thought that's going to happen, Jim? In last year's congressional primaries, 120, listen to this, it's crazy. 120 of 122 candidates, I endorsed one. 120. That's almost as good as Jim's wrestling record. And the two that lost were beaten by people claiming to be more Trump than their opponent. So I like those two people very much also. In the Senate, I was undefeated in endorsements with a record of 21 and 0. My endorsement of Mitch McConnell, at his request, it's all right, it's all right. Now, he made a request, he asked for my endorsement, brought him from one point down to 20 points up, and he won his race in the great state, and actually the great commonwealth of Kentucky, and he won it, and he won it very easily. And I said, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing here. But you know what? I did. I did what I did. But he went from one point down to 20 points up very quickly, immediately, actually. And he won his race. And 
If you compare that to his other elections, uh, I'm sure you'll see something interesting. But you know what? We got a Republican elected. And now we have to use Republicans to take care of the election frauds and all of the other things that are happening that shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. It's very simple. Because of my efforts campaigning, we had huge gains in the House. And I helped keep many senators in their seats, and they will admit it so that it's now 50-50, instead of Republicans being down anywhere from 8 to 10 seats. And they'll admit it, we'd be down 8 to 10 seats if I didn't campaign. We held rallies for some of the senators that were down, and nobody talks about that. Nobody wants to talk. The press doesn't talk about it. With me at the top of the ticket, not a single Republican member of Congress lost their race for the first time in decades. We won 26 of 26 toss-up races. Toss-up. Think of that. 26 of 20. And those are toss-up. Those are races that could go anywhere. We were expected to lose 25 seats. And instead, we won 15 seats and almost, oh, why couldn't we have done a couple of more? Almost caused Crazy Nancy her job. We'll do that the next time around. I received almost, listen to this number, because, you know, the fake news doesn't ever talk about these numbers. I just heard this one for the first time. I received almost 1.5 million more votes than all of the Republican House candidates combined. So how the hell is it possible that we lost? It's not possible. I got more votes. I got more, which is me. When I say I, I'm talking about we. We, we got more votes than any incumbent, any incumbent president in the history of our country. Almost 75 million votes. And that doesn't include the votes and ballots they threw out, okay? If you include them, you'll see numbers that are much different. We did even better in the second election than we did in the first. You know, I won the first, and we won the second. We did much better. Sort of strange, right? How did you do? Well, we did much better the second time. Oh, you did? Really? What a disgrace. What a disgrace to our country. I got over 11 million, very close to 12 million more votes than we got in 2016. And I was told by John McLaughlin, that if you, the great pollster, that if you get to sit, we had 63 in 2016, 63 million. Sir, if you get to 66 million, you have it made. We got to almost 75 million then. What the hell happened? What happened? What happened when they closed all of the counting booths? What happened at three o'clock in the morning? What happened at 3.02 in the morning? What happened? No president has ever lost an election after carrying Florida, Ohio, and Iowa. And I won them all, and I won them by a lot. By a lot. I won 94% of the primary vote. No incumbent president who received more than 75% of the primary vote has ever lost an election. I had a record number, and no president has ever, ever, and we're talking about a much lower number than we got, has ever lost an election. Thanks to my coattails, <laughs> thank you. We have to have a sense of humor. Thanks to my coattails, Democrats failed to flip 
a single state legislature, think of it, or a legislative chamber, because Republicans came out to vote for me. Now, they say it differently. The press, the fake news spins it differently. They say, despite how well they did, Trump didn't win. That's such a lie. And many legislatures, you know, many legislators told me, they said, they're going to lose their race. It wasn't going to happen. And then what happened is one in particular told me from a great swing state, said, you know, I thought I was going to lose my position, lose my race. And I went out with my wife the night before the election and I saw all these Trump signs and the American flags and the spirits on the streets. I said, you know, darling, I think we're going to win. He said, but you were far, far, far more popular than me. They do lots of polls. You were way, way ahead of me, sir. And the next day I was right. He said he won the election by a lot and you lost the election. And sir, it's not possible that you lost because you got a lower number than I did and you were so far ahead of me. You're the person that brought everybody out to vote. And I happen to agree with that 1000%. Never forget that conversation. He couldn't believe it. And I've heard it from more than one. And in November, 18 of 19 bellwether counties, you heard about the bellwether counties? 18 of 19 bellwether counties that have correctly predicted every presidential election for decades, many decades, voted for Trump, not for Biden. And it was a shocker to those people that go for the, the stats. It was a shocker. They voted for Trump. 18 of 19 voted for Trump. There's never been anything like that. And yet, did Biden win? No. If you want to help us take back the future of our country, go to DonaldJTrump.com. I don't do this. I've never done this. But it's time that we have to put forces together because these people with their big tech and their fake news media right back there, okay? And you know, when you talk about election, they turn off. When you talk about, they probably have them going because they also care about ratings, but when they talk about election, they turn off the cameras. You know why? It's a very sore subject, okay? They don't like that subject. There's only one way to contribute to our efforts to elect America first Republican conservatives and in turn to make America great again, and that's through Save America PAC and DonaldJTrump.com. So go out there and do whatever you can because we're going to help a lot of great people. We know the right people to help. We need your help to win and to fight big tech and the radical left and the D.C. establishment. We need to save your Second Amendment, which is under siege. We need to help protect funding for our military and for our great vets. And that's what we're doing. As we discussed earlier, we're in a struggle for the survival of America. As we know, this is a struggle. This is a terrible, terrible, painful struggle. The path ahead will not be easy, but we will win. We are going to win. Ultimately, we always win. And when we do, history will show that this was the moment when we could have given up, when we could have despaired, but instead we chose to keep on pushing forward. The greater the challenge and tougher the task, the more determined we must be to pull through to triumph. We have to have triumph. We have to have victory. With the talent and dedication of everyone here today, and you have tremendous 
not only dedication, tremendous talent in this room. I know many of you. That is exactly what we will do. We will go on to victory. We will summon the spirit of generations of American patriots before us, like those heroes who crossed the Delaware, conquered the Rockies, stormed the beaches, won the battles, and tamed the unknown frontiers. We will persist and we will prevail. We're tougher than they are. We're stronger than they are. Together in the coming years, we will carry forward the torch of American liberty. We will lead the conservative movement and the Republican Party back to a totally conclusive victory. And we've had tremendous victories. Don't ever forget it. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. And then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. I wonder who that will be. Who, who, who will that be? I wonder. Standing before you today, I am supremely confident that for our movement, for our party, and for our country, our brightest days are just ahead. And that together we will make America prouder, freer, stronger, and greater than it ever has been before. Thank you, CPAC. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you. I'm gonna go ahead and turn it down a little bit there just in case Twitch gets an itch about us having the uh, village people on our channel. I mean, Twitch has been pretty cool, but that was great. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and kill that since uh, it's gonna be their thoughts. That was a great speech by President Donald Trump, President 45. Very key points I think that he gave to the listening public and to those who are aware. Um, who know what to listen for. Um, so interestingly enough, we heard a lot of hearsay about him forming a new political party. That is not the strategy that he is going to move forward with. Um, he is going to remain in the Republican Party and going to keep the Republican Party going because he has a good point. I think he had a very, very valid point to this. And it's not that the Republican Party isn't fractured per se. It, it's not divided. What it is is you have a handful of rhinos who want things to be one way in their party. And then you have, I don't know, the rest of America that uh, decides millions of Americans who are Republicans that see it another way. So who's the real winning factor here? And like, uh, like it has been said before, we are many, they are few. 
So that's something that we should consider uh, whenever we are moving forward. And then again, of course, in this, we see that uh, President Donald Trump, of course, he laid into the, the Biden administration as knew that we he would. He didn't quite announce that he would be running for president in 2024 or however, but you kind of felt like there was an allusion to that um, or that he might have been playing with that notion. So that's something else to think about Uh or not to think about, but to relish in. Um, it, I mean, I was uh, pretty blown away with the We Love You chant that stopped his discourse. Um, I think he felt that. I know I did feel that. I think, uh, I, I think, and he's right in that regard. When have we ever seen um, a political figure, um, like, stopped with the chant of we love you unless it was like you know under um i don't know communist boot or something like that that was forcing their people to uh lay themselves prostrate and love their love their uh their uh, um unelected officials over there wherever those uh, countries are but yeah you know like he said like that's not something that you generally hear and and indeed this man has done so much for the country that a lot of people don't realize thanks to the media which again he also laid into the media a lot of things that we could have expected it's like and it's so funny because it's like he's like all of this logic I mean, even even going down to talking about all of the election fraud that's not being uh um admitted into the courts and i think he did a great service to the american people by breaking down a lot of that because here you have um, all this evidence that a lot of us, like if you're like me and you were watching the hearings that were happening like in Pennsylvania and in Arizona and stuff like that, like you're, you're seeing them lay out all this evidence, uh, whether it's plausible or, you know, it's, it's, it's more, it's more leaning towards this is what this is. It's election fraud. There's something going on. Something is not right. And then you have uh, the news media and, of course, all their liberal or Democrat followers repeating their talking points, which was everything was debunked. There was no election fraud. And we know that's not the case. So I think that President Trump did a great job um, and a great service to the American people, kind of explaining some of those finer pieces, like what was going on in the Supreme Court with the 18 states with Texas at the head that were challenging the Supreme Court and, and suing the states over um, this election, these, the, the legislative technicalities of uh, under COVID emergency, we can have state legislators, mayors, uh, city councils even change election laws. Um, and that's what they did. But constitu constitutionally speaking, you know, it's supposed to be legislators, not city officials. And um, thanks to uh, Chief Justice Roberts and the Supreme Court, they said that we didn't have standing. Trump didn't have standing. Texas and 17 states did not have standing. So um, uh, that that was some of, some of what happened there. And I'm glad that Trump also explained some of that because um, that's really what's going to help the people to have the ammunition to fire back when you have people saying that there was no election fraud because that is false. There's mountains of election fraud evidence that the courts have not been able to see just yet. And hopefully, hopefully soon, um, if everything goes well in that neck of the woods, um, they'll be able to admit that into court. But of course, that's why they didn't move forward with the impeachment trial and the witnesses, because that stuff probably would have been brought into brought into um, brought into uh, into a court as evidence as well. And, and uh, discovery. Um, I'm glad that he didn't shy away from uh, the whole election fraud thing, because, you know, it's like once 
the coup had optically taken place and Biden was in, in illegitimately sitting in the White House, all the Republicans, even the news commentary people, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part on the uh, uh, Patriot Independent side, uh, started just like they flip like, oh, and now we have a new administration and blah, 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 blah. And things go on. And it's like every every bit of vigor and vim that they put into their radio show the last four years just turned off. And now they're going to go at it from another angle, maybe. But we don't need that. Like this, like Trump boldly stood up there on that stage and he continue to tell the narrative of truth to the American people. And I think news commentators, uh, you know, and analysts, uh, talking heads could, could take an example of the integrity this man has. And especially if you were a Trump supporter, even if you were a Q, Q follower or not, um, I think that you should take a message from the integrity and the strength of this man when it comes to some of your beliefs and um, not flip the script. That's why that's why we here at Q&A Holes Podcast have refused to uh, to to put the shadow of this presidency, this illegitimacy. I will always call him illegitimate Joe. I will always call this an illegitimate administration. I will always call this a coup. Because that is what it is. I mean, you can't gaslight me into saying that I did not witness and experience everything that I witnessed and experienced and saw the last four years, you know. And again, the uh, January 6th insurrection uh, false flag that took place in Washington, D.C. just added another um, like another bone to that, that 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 ultimate structure that, you know, I see that reality where. You know, it's what they say versus what I'm really experiencing. And you can get caught up in it real easily. Um, I'm, I'm finding. But um, but but regardless, the basic truths like Donald Trump went out there and spoke the basic truths today. And he let the American people know that he will carry on and he will continue to support America first candidates. He very, very much so seemed to rub that in the face of a lot of people. Um, but I mean, but rightfully so as well. Anyways, uh, some of the other points I think that I had, uh, we already put an article up on uh, Q&AHolesPodcast.com over at our blog. Um, I'm just kind of recapping a little bit of what was said by the president. Um, uh, one of the other points, of course, that he had made was how that uh, they hadn't had any... Um, any new wars during their administration, um, which I think was a great counterpoint to what uh, Joe and and I were talking about at the start of this presentation uh, in regards to uh, Lloyd Austin and uh, illegitimate Joe and Kamana Wanalea not really knowing what was going on with the bombing in Syria. Anyways, okay, guys. All right. Well, the Sea Report has been live on the air for three hours. President Trump took an hour longer to get on the stage, and then he gave a whopping two-hour speech or so. It was, it was over an hour for sure. I don't know. Like, what what time did he said? Thirty-five, thirty guys. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna go ahead and sign off for now. We were just doing a special weekend report since we had Trump live at CPAC. I thought it would be uh, something to um, record that for our audience. And uh, make sure you check us out at QNAholespodcast.com. We'll be live again on um, Tuesday, I believe. We'll have a special report with Magadon here on Twitch. And then we'll have our Wednesday show at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, same station. 
If you are a member of our Discord community um, or if you are a member of our Patreon community, we will have a live AMA with our news director, Joe One of Two, at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. So make sure you tune in if you're with Discord. We'll be hosting it live on Discord. And you can get to know, uh, you know, some of the staff that's working with here with us here at QAholes.com. And Joe of Two is looking forward to it. He was with us here a little earlier today. His first time on the Sea Report. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Come and see us again. Sometimes we we enjoyed it. It was in a. It was a. a we would just be delivering news. Anyways, okay. I speak too much. Let me go ahead and sign out for now, guys. You guys have a great night. Like I said, make sure you go to QAholespodcast.com. Check us out on Twitch. Like, share, subscribe, follow all the good stuff, and we will see you next time. Till then, stay good. We will make America great again. Q&A horse. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Q&A horse. At least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy. Which saves us a ton. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com. That is my point. Um, Because that's what we saw. Just a bunch of people bidding for contracts. Millions of dollars worth of contracts. Bidding. Bidding. Telling people, give me money and I will solve this problem. Like, it blew my mind. It blew my mind.